Hello and welcome to Unabashed Book Snobbery, the podcast where we gush about George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire and bitch about its bumpkiss adaptation, Game of Thrones. This is where being a book snob is a good thing. Here with me is Julia. Hello. And we both write for thefandamentals.com. For fundamentally sound fandom analysis. I feel like I need to participate in this part more. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. All right. I can see that. Uh, Yeah, no. Check out our website for all sorts of geeky news, reviews, analysis, blah-dee-da. A podcast. We have a lot of podcasts. All your podcasts are belong to us. So... For those of you who have been listening to our feed before, you know that Julia and I, uh, on, here on Unabashed Book Snobbery and on thefandamentals.com also have a habit of rewatching Game of Thrones for some Weird. ungodly yeah. reason. <laughs> we go through the show plot line by plot line and write retrospectives on what happened as an attempt to shine a light onto how great the writing is. Yeah, it's how much it deserves all those Emmys and other accolades. Exactly. Uh, so we recently did the Winter Hell retrospective, which was for Johnny Cardboard and the Sansa Stark Construct, of course. Yep. And Ramsey Sue. Let's be honest, he's just as important. <laughs> At least as important as the Sansa Stark Construct. And what happens is that Julia and I want to plan these, how, how we're going to write these giant freaking essays. Mm-hmm. So we talk to each other and we record that. And that's the podcast that you're about to listen to. Now we already recorded part one. Of this podcast, because there was so much dramatic satisfaction. Yes. Um, And unlike most of them, we didn't divide it where it was like a recap and then an analysis. We're still, you're going to still hear us recapping stuff. It's just we're taking our sweet ass time with it. Yeah, we're kind of embracing the fact that our high level recaps are a joke. (laughs) Yeah. I. You know what? In all honesty, though, I think the three Winter Hell retrospectives that we ended up writing were some of our finest work. Yeah. I really do. I was really happy with how they came out. I mean, it's not as good as the definitive ranking of Septa's, but it's up there. <laughs> well, what is ever going to be as good as that? It's I true. mean, Septa Smallwood. <laughs> Septa Great Aunt Smallwood. <laughs> Septa Great Aunt Smallwood. <laughs> she she died for us. <laughs> what? <laughs> but hopefully you find this conversation fruitful. Mm-hmm. Now, the good news is because we are doing some time traveling and obviously recording this intro at a later date, it means we can bring you up to date on some news regarding Game of Thrones. And Julia, there has been one thing that has set the Game of Thrones on fire, fandom on fire. I, yeah, it's only the most dramatically satisfying teaser trailer ever. Okay. Let me recap the action. You have to. People are walking Mm. and then people sit down and then people close their eyes. You know, I think and you're then, forgetting one. Like, Cheryl, Cheryl, like, um, she has, like, a breath mint, and it's, like, icy fresh breath. And she, she breathes out, and it's, like, icy fresh, and then Shogun is there. 
So I visited my best friend this weekend and I was like joking about Cheryl's minty fresh breath mm-hmm. and she like thought it was funny, but she actually pointed something else out to me, which is the reason Cheryl was the one with the frost breath is to show that it's winter in King's Landing. Like that is that cold down there. And I actually Even think that's not not long ago people were chilling on balconies and wearing sleeveless dresses. I mean I mean, are they battles. gonna like like barrel forward a year or something like that? I don't know, but the point is, this teaser trailer had three people walking down a hallway. Yeah, Johnny Cardboard, Deadpan, and Cheryl. And then Cheryl had minty fresh breath. Mm-hmm. And they went to sit on their respective thrones. Yes. And just... but, but John, Johnny doesn't have a throne, he just has like a chair at a table. <laughs> it's the bastard chair. Yeah. Deadpan's throne is pretty cool, though. I think it's cool. Yeah, the one at uh, Dragonstone. Well, people presume it's Dragonstone. That's what makes the most sense, but that's no guarantee of anything. I'm pretty sure yeah, it is. I mean, yeah. But, you know, like, this was just so momentous and told <laughs> us so much that I could write essays on this. Yeah. I could write, like, 300 words on it five minutes after I saw it. <laughs> you know, I know, like, they say to not ever look at YouTube comments, but holy shit, you don't look at, at the YouTube, YouTube comments. Kylie, why did you look at the YouTube comments? I mean, it was just all about people masturbating to this. Like, that's that's all it was about. <laughs> What were they saying, other than the fact that they're masturbating? That's it. But I just wonder if, like, Game of Thrones fans have realized that they've reached levels of self-parody or not. Well, lots of people have reached levels of self I'm sure I have in several aspects of my life. Okay. But, you know, it happens. Are we talking about your Instagram account? <laughs> anyway, that trailer, like, check it out, because yeah. if you don't, you're probably going to be lost when it comes time for the, the yeah, season. Yeah, because it was just so substantive. Well, we did learn that Cheryl's, like, really fast about redecorating the windows. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, that much time couldn't have passed because she still has short hair. So there goes that honeypot. No, she's keeping it. She's keeping she it? Kept it all, she kept it all last season. It was a very cute bob. She was, but like, last season no, lasted, like, like, three days. And she just waterboarded her hair cutter. <laughs> so she should be growing it out on the trail. There was, I remember there was this poster that was, like, I, I suppose we can presume it's fake, where she has longer hair. Right! Oh my god, it was like brownish too. Yeah, it was a really nice poster actually. Yeah, like well it- go figure, fan works are better than mm-hmm. anything D&D produced. Yeah, so- I'm all astonished by I know, they're really, like, every time I try to make the timeline make sense, they like, don't let me. Yeah, they're really bad at this. <laughs> <laughs> Their show is bad and they should feel bad. <laughs> anyway... Uh, I'm pretty sure this is already like a two and a half hour podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, this is really on long. Into. It was like I remember we went like we recorded like really really late, and I was just like, Kylie, I want to go to bed. Like it stop. And I mean, to be fair, Julie and I are both kind of morning people, mm-hmm. so like after ten, we're a little cranky. A little. But this was late for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna transition awkwardly into a very quick fandom nickname recap and then enjoy whatever the hell the rest of this is so uh we do actually want to run down the fandom nicknames one more time but this time with gusto we're really not going to go as long on it if you want to hear the fuller explanations listen to the podcast episode before this uh Uh, okay so winter hell is the castle that they're fighting over johnny cardboard is the dude who strings a sword there's this like uh small galaxy of Santa Stark personalities. Uh, the ones that are important right now are uh, Brittany. She's a competent She's a boss-ass, boss-ass bitch. bitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's Field Marshal, Marshal Sandra Snark, who's trying to be Brittany but failing miserably because she's kind of stupid. 
And then I think there's... it's because she's written by Cogman. Oh my god. <laughs> then there's Sansa Bolton, aka as Nas Kratz, who is um, evil. No, who... she's just empowered. Yeah, she's empowered. Trademark. Uh, Beardy is the Icelandic dude uh, with the beard. Melisandre is the lady with no undergarments. Uh, there's no rover anymore. He's gone. They left him at the wall. Ramsey Sue is a ridiculous villain Sue who keeps grinning at you. Batfinger is the dude with the bat fing- uh, the Batman voice, and Brand the Brood is gone. Speaking of the dude with the bat, now like <laughs> we can't really transition to this. Um, if if you listen to our last week's episode, I mean, you really should because we're basically picking up with uh, episode five, mm-hmm. the door. But as we did with last week's, uh, it's, I'm saying last week. I'm hoping I'm releasing these a week apart, but it might be two. Our yeah. last episode in the feed, uh, we're kind of doing an analysis-ish recap mm-hmm. where we are going through we're talking about things chronologically first but then we're really kind of like going off on tangents or just like talking about broader implications as we go yes. as things come up so it's so, extra rambly so one broader implication is that the door for instance opens with britney sewing and yes. for anyone who remembers <laughs> my favorite line in the history of like creator critique on uh, media <laughs> Michelle Clapton was talking about that really ugly Darth Sansa outfit <laughs> that appeared at the end of season four and was into season five with that, remember that giant fucking fuggly necklace? Mm-hmm. So according- It looked like it was plastic. According, well, it was metal according to Michelle Clapton. Yeah. And it is a miniature of Arya's sword needle because if there's one thing that Sansa would want to wear around her neck, it would be a mini needle. And then Michelle Clapton said something to effect of, I like to think that... She doesn't want to sew after this? This outfit symbolizes that she doesn't want to sew after this because she's not a victim anymore. Yeah, and, like, the mini needle is, like, her needle and she, like, passes it through the fugly necklace piece. Like, it it was really stupid. But anyway, uh, they seem to have put the kibosh on that because Brittany understands that, you know, it is necessary to make clothes by hand in this society, and it's a very important skill to have, and it's one Brittany's that she can like, use to express herself creatively. Here, here's the thing about Brittany. Mm-hmm. She's actually empowered. Yes. Like, she is. She legit is. You know, I hate that I I like her because she was kind of warped in from planet Xenon, but, like, <laughs> she's legit empowered. Oh my god, maybe she is from Xenon. <laughs> like, that, that... I don't know world. what planet Xenon is. <laughs> Well, she she lives in an international space station in the first one, I think. Oh, right. No, a, you mean a Xenon girl from the future? Yeah, girl from, girl, tw- girl the 21st century. Oh, right. Yeah, that was like entirely filmed down the street from my high school. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Make my heart go boom, boom. My supernova girl. <laughs> <laughs> I could do the whole song. Anyway, um, the point is Britney is empowered and she's sewing. And Littlefinger is still sending, Batfinger is still sending letters with giant seals on them. I, the, the giant seals are comical. I know it's stupid. It's just like, like I wonder who is this from? And, and this time she actually bird. breaks the seal. Like, it's actually a seal. But, um... <laughs> Rather than sliding it off. Yeah. So, the letter... I don't know it, why there's a reason that we needed to waste time on her getting mail when we could have just well, opened so with the next sewing. scene. I, which I don't mind. Maybe they want to but... see the empowering outfit. I don't know. I think they wanted to pad the episode. <laughs> Probably that too. Anyway, Brittany goes to meet Batfinger in Molestown. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And he tells her that the Knights of the Vale are at Moat Kalen. <sighs> and um, the Boltons don't care, apparently. Because nobody okay. mentions it. 
Very, very, very quickly. In Westeros, I don't know what the fuck is going on in Weiseroff, but in Westeros, Moat Kaelin is a choke point to the north because the only way around Moat Kaelin is through, like, a fucking marshy bog. Yeah, and, like, it, like only the Kranigmen really know the way to the marshy bog, and if you try to blunder in, they will kill you. Yeah, it's, it's very much like uh, Lord of the Rings in Dead Marshes. In yeah, like, way. nobody has ever taken Moat Kaelin from the south, ever. Yeah. Yeah, it's a choke point to the north, and it's the one point that the road goes through. You need Moat Kaelin. It's yeah. a critical point. So if you are the Warden of the North, and the Vale Lords just show up, like, you have to assume that they're not coming for a cookout, you know? But I know, in Weisshoff, you can go around Moat Kaelin, so... <sighs> But no, they are at Moat Kaelin, mm-hmm. and maybe some Northerners actually don't like the Boltons and just aren't giving him, you know, any spy reports. Maybe that's what's going on. But how, like, how could he not be securing that intelligence in a reliable way? <sighs> how is there an entire army at the one place? <laughs> they're worried about backlash from the Lannisters mm-hmm. for the treason, and they're not watching the one place where an army would come. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so Brittany watched season five and Uh she thinks the whole thing is really stupid right yeah so she talks about like basically how if 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 batfinger didn't vet ramsey properly then he's an idiot and if he did vet him properly and he didn't care that he was an evil rapist then he's obviously britney's enemy and she should have nothing to do with him which is perfect logic it's perfect logic. It's kind of absolving herself mm-hmm. from any choice in the matter because, and I'm well, she, sorry. She was absolutely without agency, so, like, as a character, mm. so. Well, last season she was without agency, yeah. yeah. But there was a moment where Like, we were where told little... she had agency, but we weren't shown her having any. We were, because Batfinger said, say the word and we will turn around right now and not do this. So that's a problem. Yeah. I mean, like, they seem to think, they do this later on, too, they seem to think that if they put a lampshade on their own stupidity, it somehow excuses it. And it still doesn't lampshade Sansa's actions in general, Yeah, like, it's fine. Well, yeah, I I guess. But, like, if they kind of, like, if they kind of lampshade the fact that Littlefinger, at least, acted without any kind of, like, motivation, even, like, for what his own motivations are supposed to be, like, they seem to think that somehow that's better? I don't know. The thing that's really sad, speaking of acting, is that Aiden Gillen has no idea how to act in this scene, because he knows it's stupid. Mm Mm-hmm. No, like, there's a salty interview that Aiden Gillen gave where he was like, yeah, this doesn't make sense. I don't know why Littlefinger would do this. Yeah. And speaking of acting, like, uh, Sansa has this, like, um, sorry, who is this? This is Brittany. Uh, Brittany is having this monologue about, like, basically how she was treated and how awful it was. And, like, Sophie Turner kills it. Yeah, Sophie Turner's a talented actor. She really is. She gets shit on a lot, and I think the script, it's really the script's fault, but, like, mm-hmm. I will say this every time I bring up Sophie Turner as an actor, go back and rewatch the fucking lemon cake scene from yeah. season three. Like, it's perfect. She's so good. She just needs material to work with. <laughs> but she just works with what they give her. Yeah, and then she opens her mouth when she's out of character, and that doesn't help either. Um, no. Um, and then Batfinger, like, I don't even know, I don't even know what we're supposed to believe. Does yeah. Batfinger know his plan was stupid? I like no because like the whole thing that they're doing with Batfinger is that you don't know his motivation and it's all chaos. But just like, like he like <clears throat> if we take this at face value and at, like from the season of a, as a whole, I think we're supposed to take it from face value that he would never he'd like never it's on Sansa's him. side in as much as he's on yeah. anyone's side. So what's the implication of that for with for his conversation with Carol last season? And what is he doing now exactly? Like he's coming to her oh, rescue oh, oh, and that's he said, it, Right, because he said that he'd bring her uh, Sansa's head. I think 
the implication there is that he figured out that like I, I don't think he was ever going to bring her exactly I, th- I think he just knew he would be able to fuck carol over in the end is what i'm guessing but like how could like how sustainable is that long term and how does this help him win the iron throne <laughs> we'll talk about that later. yeah his end goal of being on the iron throne with sansa's his wife what yeah like how would who is putting house baelish on the iron throne i mean whatever like secession is thrown that's out the a window. that's a trump-esque success story i suppose um so yeah he, i made a mistake i yeah. underestimated a stranger which like we get back to the trump-esque vetting process as well um and just like mm-hmm. i don't I, I like this scene a lot you know at the same time yeah i mean, I like, mean if if season five had made sense it would be a really good scene yeah, and, like, here's the other thing, too, because, you know, he's kind of groveling and, and Brittany's not into it at all. And she's just like, mm-hmm. I still feel what he did to me. I don't mean I feel it in my delicate heart. I feel it physically. So, like, this was actually, like, Brittany understands that, like, PTSD is a thing. And, like, you can talk about and have ongoing trauma. And yeah. it's, you know, hopefully, uh, like, it was an honest attempt at it. Yeah in a way that no other character really had an on I guess Theon was an honest attempt until he was yelled at to not have it anymore. Yeah. Um and like you know, down the road we can say her rejecting this giant fucking army is stupid. Even in this moment we can say her rejecting this giant army is fucking stupid. I we mean, can. it's not stupid if like she thinks that any kind of association with Batfinger is just not worth the risk. And she also so truly believes yeah, and she also truly believes the the North will rise for her. She does. Yeah, and just the, like like yeah, he has all these dudes, but like, what price will he ask for them? When will he ask that? Like out of the blue? Yeah. Like, what if a better opportunity comes along for him? Like he's not a trustworthy guy. Well, what bothers me is like why he is having. She was the one with the pull over the Vale Lords yeah, at the end of exactly. season four. So what my problem is is why she doesn't just go down there and be like, "Hey, Vale Lords, come fight for me." Oh, arrest him by the way because I wasn't attacked. He sold me. Yeah, like she could she could take control of this army herself. And but like, that's fucking... exactly what she did in season four. Like he that's what like, I'm saying. Yeah, he 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 was like, "Oh, come speak for me to the Vale Lords," and then she like pulls up the rug from under him and does her own thing. Exactly. That's that's what I'm saying. So she could have done this again. Like I'm, no, I'm saying, thing. I'm saying it's it would have been like an outrageous thing for her to do. They've done it before. Exactly. So it doesn't make a lot of sense for her to reject the army on hand. However, the way she's framed it, I don't need you anymore. You can't protect me. Mm-hmm. Like it could, you could look at it as a reassertion of her agency over the guy that sold her to a rapist. Yeah. And like. In that regards, and this is a huge steal, man. I don't think they've thought of anything past we need an 11th hour save. Yeah. I really don't. No. But and, and they have this whole thing about how she's all, like, cynical and jaded now that, like, you know, nobody right. can protect her and the world is shit. So. But in isolation, this isn't bad. This really isn't mm-hmm. bad because you could view it as the reassertion of an agency of, of you know, someone with, with this trauma, someone who's been through this experience, who's rejecting anyone who had a hand in it. Like, I I don't have a problem with the scene in isolation. But it, well, then you look at it in context and yeah. you're like, well, how did these two characters that seem to have functioning brains end up here? <laughs> all of a sudden. Yeah. Well, he basically says that, like, you know, you uh, you feed me from the monsters who murdered my family, and then you gave me to other monsters who murdered my family, so go fuck yourself. I don't know why she's being so harsh on the Carol, but whatever. I also don't uh, know and just, like, why... I hesitate uh, to say this because it's victim-blaming, like, it is, but why was this not obvious to her in season five? No, it's not victim-blaming because she really... She wasn't a victim when 
Batfinger proposed this idea for her. Mm-hmm. Red, when she was like, oh, we're going north. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, but at, at what did? point am I blaming her for putting her in a situation to be raped? I mean, this is where we have, to, this is where there's the breakdown of Watsonian exactly. analysis. Exactly, yeah. That's the, like, that's she, the She couldn't rub. make, like, this was so unmotivated that yeah. we can't look at it any other way. But at the same time, like, if there's a character with this logical capability, who was the character last season? And this is why we talk about the many faces of Sansa, because, yeah. like, what the fuck? But, or, or, like, are we supposed to believe that, like, being raped, like, completely changed her personality? Like, and now she's thinking all these things that she didn't before? Like, I'm not saying that traumatic experiences yeah, can have exactly. lasting effects on you, but a complete personality change? That's yeah. really not how that works. And I would have hoped that they could have brought in someone who is an expert on this in some (laughs) capacity given the backlash that they received for the inclusion of rape multiple times on this show and you know given that the season does seem like an honest attempt to fix their woman problem they just do it in a head scratching (laughs) way but you know why ask for help yeah that's batfinger yeah so this is where the the way yeah this is where the scene stops being good in any way (laughs) Yeah, Batfinger ends the scene by telling her first, to, send, to Yeah, first of all, he has to put the idea of uh, appealing to Blackfish in her head. Yeah, he mentions that Blackfish... That she has an uncle. Well, I think, I think he told her that he retook River Run recently, so I'm not sure she was privy to that information. Okay. We as the audience certainly weren't privy to that information. That's true. <laughs> um, and then mentions, like, A, you could check him, like, he's a Tully, he'll rise to you, and then... She says something like, I have an army, mm-hmm. which she doesn't. And he goes, your brother's army, half-brother. Wait, what? What? Uh, I guess this is the birth of Sandra. I guess this is the birth of Sandra a little bit. But it's just really annoying, too, because, like, okay, the wildlings don't really give a shit about Sansa Stark, but... Yeah. You know what should have happened? Ugh, never mind, this show is just bad. <laughs> anyway, so um, we get most of the episode, and this, this is a special episode. I know we talk about Blood of My Blood as a special episode, but the door is also very special. So it has... Oh, some- hey, we, we forgot. I'm sorry. We forgot to mention Brienne was with Brittany. <laughs> oh, yeah, she was. Okay. Uh, she attributed it so much. Um, <laughs> she just- so there's stick fighting. There's a salt moot. There's a uh, deadpan telling her creepy stalker <laughs> to go find a cure for his incurable disease. <laughs> and there's Kuvira. Oh my god! Oh. And this is without all the brand stuff. Oh my god! Oh my god. <laughs> so anyway, the war council goes something like this: John suddenly remembers that there's the White Walkers, yeah. even though his plan literally 24 hours ago was to get warm. Yeah, was it 24 so, hours ago? Like, I if Brittany made like two entire outfits, I think it's gonna have to have been several weeks. But whatever. Um, okay, fine. And she well, was like faster the than Tyene if she can sew up a outfit that fast. I love how he just gets free housing at the wall after quitting. (laughs) That's nice. But, like, this briefing is a little basic. Like, it's, like, talking about, like, houses in the North exist. It's very, like, uh, like, transparently, like, we're... The Manderleys have a lot of our soldiers, and so do the Karstarks and the Umbers. This is a TV show, and we have to get exposition out there, you know? Like, exposition is hard, but still, it's not very elegant. It's hard. It's hard. I mean, this isn't the worst exposition that they do. Yeah. And uh, let's take note, Brittany, is she is offering her opinion without needing to be prompted because, like, she has a stake in this war council. And she has opinions and thoughts. (laughs) And everybody accepts the fact that she's speaking and has these said opinions and thoughts. 
Yeah, and Brittany is still of the mind, because, like, the Umbers and the Karstarks they know have declared for Ramsey, and Brittany's still of the mind that the North remembers, and she thinks that they, like, might be able to flip those guys in the heat of the battle. Yeah. And then she's also saying, you know, even if the Manderleys, even if we can't get the Manderleys, which I don't know why they write off White Harbor as much as they do in this. Yeah. Like, they, they mention several times in this in this plot line, the Manderleys have a lot of people, but then, like, all we learn is they send a raven and we don't have time to listen for the yeah, answer. Yeah, and, like, this is probably not within the world building of Weisseroff, but, like, the Mandalays are also the house in the north that have the cash. You know, like, they're the ones who mint coins and, like, have silver and things like that. And, like, when you have a society where a lot of the wealth is, like, tied up in land and livestock and things like that, like, having, like, liquidable cash is very important, especially when you're trying to pay for armies and provisions and things like that. Yeah, so the fact that, like, not that, like, everyone wasn't banging on the doors (laughs) at White Harbor, like, it's just really weird because they just mention it, but then they're like, eh, and then in the the last scene, Manderly's like, I wish I had come. Whoops. (laughs) And that's that's it. That's the Manderly's inclusion. The people who fucking baked the fray pies in the books like that's what they do here yeah so uh davos talks about how like you know he doesn't know about all this like northern remember stuffs but he knows he knows that like you know he knows men and he thinks that they need to make personal appearances so that that's the birth of the walking tour um they should have tried to get go with the clans i want someone to get the clans involved <laughs> it would be fun to show like, they could have them in kilts it would be funny um <laughs> So Brittany mentions, like, um, I forget exactly how they segue into it, but Brittany mentions that, like, you know, she has the Stark name. And she's saying the North will rise for her because, yeah. because they're like, they won't rise for me. She's like, well, I have the Stark name. Yeah, well, yeah, John complains that they won't rise for him because he's a bastard. He's all broody about it. And Brittany's like, well, you know, I'm a Stark. They'll rise for me. And then John looks all hurt. <laughs> Yeah, I think we I think we accidentally talked about this last podcast, but it's in this yeah. episode that this scene happens. And then she's like immediately like, "Well, you're also Ned's son, yeah, so. protecting his ego." And then, um, yeah, and, and then oh, she she mentions that she knows about the Blackfish's army, yeah. but she lies about how she found that out, and she doesn't bring up the Littlefinger conversation. Yeah, and and Brienne like gives her a side eye. Yeah, and. So in the next scene, uh, Brittany is very assertively and with authority. Uh, she is sending Brienne to go to Riverman to try to get uh, the uh, pop-up blackfish to join their cause. Because, and I quote, you'll know how to talk to him. <laughs> oh, poor Brittany. Oh, Brittany, you don't know Brienne at all, do you? <laughs> <laughs> um, Brienne, and Brienne is meanwhile like, your brother seems okay, though he's brooding. But then again, he was dead, so I guess yeah. that makes sense. No, it's just like it's just like describing Kit Harrington. It's funny, but like, but like the way that everyone is just so casual about a resurrected dude. Yeah, super like, cash. Oh but she brings up really good points because she's like, he keeps counsel with Davos and Mel, and I know for a fact that these are bad people because yeah. they like fucking use blood magic to kill Renly. Yeah, and like not that long ago they were. They were allied to a different king and just, like, you know, they seem yeah. to be a little weather veiny. Yeah, and Brittany's like, whatever, John's fine. Yeah, and, and so she, like, she like very much asserts that, like, you know, she trusts her brother and she loves him and they're in this together. Yeah, and um, we get more beardy hitting on Brienne and she's uncomfortable. Like, yeah. Whatever. But, no, but, like, she's just like, that guy is weird. <laughs> yeah, anyway... We learned that Brittany is really good at sewing and probably faster than Tyene. <laughs> the real Tyene. And she has leather embossing skills. She does. She can stamp well, the leather with the Stark Direwolf. 
I'm pretty sure she could also me- like metal bend because she made mini needles. Yeah, but... she's got skills. But she she um made her own like House Stark dress thing. Yeah, armor. it has like sequins on it. It's a little stupid, but whatever. And it's then nice. she gives John like a dead fur. costume. <laughs> She wants him to cosplay. But then she says, "Like it's as, it's as it's as close to what father used to wear as I can remember." She like, yeah, like it's nice. It's nice. It's a nice cloak. She gets, yeah. she makes him a cloak. Yeah, and, and she's like, to I be think like, she makes him the like the whole outfit actually. Yeah, and she's like, <laughs> God, she's fast, and she's like, you know, because we're all Starks and we're in this together, and yeah. I really love you because you're my brother. Yeah, it's touching. Yeah, um, and then apparently, like they they all leave, and then everyone like turns to Ed, and they're like, "What do we do now?" And he's like. I'm not the Lord Commander. He's like, wait, I guess I am the Lord Commander. Close the gate. Yeah, nobody's concerned about this unelected Lord Commander or the previous Lord Commander deserting. It's fine. Nobody will, well, one person will mention it again and you'll be shocked who it is. All right, that episode is over. We are just moving at a fast clip here. The next episode they're in is The Broken Man. No, I, th- I think our conversation about the Littlefinger scene was important. I okay, do. let's keep justifying ourselves instead of moving on. Um, okay, so this is the infamous Northern Walking Tour. <laughs> that episode, yeah. And um, So they we start men- off with we a camp men- that must be right next to Castle Black. <laughs> we should mention Brittany had Brittany things to do. Yeah. And she's been replaced by Field Marshal Sandra Snark. <laughs> And it's very it's obvious from the very first scene, which must take place, like, five minutes after the last episode, with the last scene, which was two episodes ago, mm-hmm. because, like, the wide things are camped out right next to Castle Black. Like, you can see the wall in the background and everything. And also, where are the women at? This is, like, you see a few, like, wildling women in the background, and that's the last time you'll see them. None of the people involved in the war meeting are women at all, and you don't see another wildling woman again after this. I'm upset that Smurfette's daughters don't get to fight. Exactly. They would have been awesome. I mean, they're children, but I'm not for child soldiers, but... Yeah, but, like, they could have passed on Smurfette's legacy. Yeah, no, but, like, if the oldest one was, like, like a wildling Liana Mormont or something, that'd be cool. (laughs) Yeah, um, anyway, like, they don't want to fight non-walkers because they say it's not our battle, and basically, John is just like, well, okay, but if you don't fight with me and we lose, then you're all fucked, so... And they're like, okay, well, he did die for us. Yeah. What? I mean, that's not stupid, I guess. I mean, like, they... They're all fine with Resurrection Joya. I mean, that's that's the stupid part, but the idea that, like, they would have some kind of, like, you know, a feeling of personal obligation towards John is not stupid. Yeah, that's true. But, like, I don't know. Beardy is the one who convinces them, again, not John. (laughs) So... Uh, no figure. Well, John does uh, make one good point, basically, that, like, they're not safe in the North without him because yeah. everybody else wants them dead. Um, but it is Beardy that, that convinces them, just like mm-hmm. at home. Yeah. <laughs> one and one is one, there. One, and he's like, Snow! Because <laughs> he's a book snob and he knows that the Mormon's Raven was supposed to do that. Yeah. And this is, this is where the, like, the slightly thinner version of Beardy is. And, like, he's the only guy at this meeting with a sad card because he's the only one who gets the guide. <laughs> but who this, li- who this guy is, we have no idea. He's, like, just a little bit wildling. Uh. Yeah, and Sansa might as well not even be in this scene. Yeah, she might as well not even be an extra. Like, she's just kind of standing in the background, just, like, yeah. This is where I decided for sure while I was rewatching that there's definitely a Britney Sandra distinction. Because, Because like, Britney would have been like, yo, what are you doing? No, like, she would have been the one to say, like, you know... It's not safe, all, yeah. Like, all of the people hate you because she made, like, the exact same argument to John. So, like, you know, we're only safe together if we fight. Um, so, uh, that is a win. That is a win for Team Cardboard. <laughs> is that what we're telling them? 
Yeah, Team Cardboard. I can't think of anything yeah. else. <laughs> they got the wildlings on their side. Hooray! Next, Team they dipshit. go about, uh, like, at least 200 miles away and find a ship and go to Bear Island, which kind of looks like Riverdale. <laughs> and sparsely populated. Yeah. The sparsely populated Bear Island. Like... Okay, so the point is that, like, oh, all the other houses that aren't the umbers of the Garstarks have the same, have a good number of troops. Mm -hmm. But, like, you would not start with bare fucking island. I mean, there's, like, uh, there's a bunch of other people. Like, there's Hornwoods and Risewells, too, that they mention Uh later on. I I mentioned the Hornwoods because I remember the Moose Banners. But, like, there are a couple of other minor houses who sign in for them, but they don't show their their meeting with their lords. That would have helped make them seem less like idiots. Yeah. And like, yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah. The the good news is we get to meet Liana Mormon, which I know she is a really stupid character and completely pandering, but that does not stop me from enjoying her. I'm sorry, ten year old girl. Uh, yeah, she has a very imbued sense of authority. Yes. And, uh, the, the thing is, the scene starts out with one of those classic awkward silences, yeah. so we can tell the pattern the episode. Yeah, this is another 15-minute episode. This is how we really know that it's Sandra and not Brittany, because Sandra, like, decides to kick things off by being like, Oh, you were named for my aunt, and she was a great beauty. Maybe you'll be a great beauty. And uh, Leanna's like... No. I come from an ugly family. <laughs> My mother's not a great beauty, and I don't care if I'm a great beauty. Yeah, I mean, like, th- this is why you know Liana's Dornish, because she's just like, why are you complimenting my appearance? Don't you have anything better to say? <laughs> I'm a fucking lady of a house. <laughs> I mean, honestly, Mormon women might say the same thing. Yeah, that's true. No, but, but, like, the thing the thing about this that, like, is so funny, but, like, funny not in the way they intended, because apparently, like, word of God is basically that we're supposed to find Liana a little bit ridiculous. Like, the the idea that there's that she exists is supposed to be a little ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> the reason why I find them so funny is that these, like, great, like, you know, great characters, like the Lord Commander of the Night's Watch and the Lady of Winterfell and, like, the Hand of the King to Stannis, they have no idea how to fucking react to this little girl who's, a- who's asking perfectly reasonable questions and making perfectly legitimate points. They're like, just, like, standing there completely bemused. Right, like, it's supposed to be funny yeah. that she's so badass, but, like, at the same time, it's just Like, they don't know how to deal so... with these questions? Like, they didn't think these questions would come up? Right. They're all perfectly like, it's just reasonable. funny that, it's just funny that they're this incompetent. Oh my yeah. god, Julia wrote, wrote the notes, it's like Betsy DeVos is hearing. But, like, <laughs> this is really what it is, because cause she's, like, asking them how they feel about firearms around schools, and they're talking about grizzly bears. I mean, like, you that's... really didn't think that question would come up, and you didn't prep for it? Like, seriously? Yeah, because the question she's asking is seriously like, "Why should I fight for you?" Uh-huh. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have a lot of men here anyway. How many do you have signed on to your effort? Are you even a fucking Stark? Because yeah. I heard you willingly married the Boltons, like very yeah and like you're a bastard which is important in the society so like your is your claim legitimate in any way and like will i end up with my hand in the chamber pot if i support you like you know these are all perfectly reasonable concerns yeah no like it is a little bit of bullshit because basically like i mean she's a little rude she's rude and the idea that you know sansa's suddenly not a stark because she was married like to buy into that patriarchy all of a sudden liana 
Yeah, like that's really weird. Mm-hmm. And then like uh I think John mentions that they are holding Rick on captain captive and that's, you know, again, Liana said uh, she wrote that letter saying there's no uh king but the king of the north whose name is Stark. Yeah. Well, then Rickon should be your fucking king, dude, yeah. and they're telling you where he is and she's just not interested. Yeah, but what by, ends up uh, being- you know, male preference collectnetic primogenitor, he is the lord of Winterfell. So yeah, assuming she doesn't know Bran as well. Yeah. Um and Davos ends up convincing her by telling her that they're zombies. Yeah, which okay. I mean, he which, like, he like I'm I'm not gonna like because she's a ten year like she's literally a child like he kind of mansplains at her like he talks to her a very condescending way but she's ten you know so I guess it's okay but um well and what's f- f- fucking weird to me is that like John tried to bring up Jorah Mormont yeah. and be like yo I served under him but he didn't mention this aspect of and it and he like, didn't mention the sword that he gave him like the yeah. ancestral sword of her house. Could he have, like, whipped out Longclaw and been like, look. Yeah, like... He replaced a bear with a wolf. Yeah, like, that shows how tight our houses are, and it also shows, like, you know, how much he valued, like, my judgment, basically, I guess. Yeah, anyway, this whole scene was supposed to be really funny, because she only has 60 men. 63 or something. <laughs> it's yeah. funny how she knows exactly. That's cute. But, um, <laughs> she likes to keep charts. Um, well, it's a sparsely populated island. I'm sure she knows all of them. Yeah. <laughs> That's Bob. <laughs> he makes the barrels that we put the fish in, that we salt them. <laughs> but, like, seriously, like, Julia is a lot... Uh, you know, the first time I watched Liana, I was like, oh, yeah, she's Alice Lady Wright, and, like, yeah. making all these Dornish jokes about her. Honestly, for me, there was a huge diminishing returns just because she wasn't compelled by any of the things that should have compelled her. Yeah. Like, if she's supposed to be this star- staunch Stark supporter... Well, I, th- I think the, been- the young actor, I think her performance is just, like, hilarious. Like, she's so intense about it and taking it so seriously. I just love it. Yeah, it's wonderful. And, um, uh, like, just, like, uh, like, how stupid it makes Team Cardboard look. Speaking of that, let's go to the next scene, which is, uh, they try to convince House Glover to join. Yeah, and, um, they're, like, not even let through the door. Like, no, they're, like, yelling at him in his courtyard. Yeah, like, Lord Glover is there, like, on the steps, and he's like, no, go away, get off my lawn. Uh, and then he starts talking about how great the Boltons were for helping him with the Greyjoys. Yeah, which, like, sounds stupid, but is, like, their job. Like, because it's the, it undermines the entire thing that um, is uh, going to be, like, apparently the thematic point of the Battle of the Bastards, that, like, Ramsay doesn't inspire loyalty, right? But, like, this is... This is the Boltons doing their job. Like that's what a liege lord does. When one of when one of your bannermen is in trouble, you go to his aid, right? So yeah, the Boltons are actually being good wardens of the north here. And I guess Rob and was Rob, just terrible. Yeah, Rob like that was like, you know, he was trying to fix it when he died, but like, you know, that was something that was said in universe multiple times that like he went off to the riverlands to go conquer and the north and just like, you know, he forgot about the north. It was conquered by the ironborn. He did nothing to help. I mean, that was like, you know, legitimate criticism of Rob and his actions and of how Stark. So Glover is being an asshole, but he's not being an idiot. Yeah, and then he's like asks who else is in the cause, and they're like, "Well, we sent a raven to White Harbor. Go there. <laughs> it's much Go more White Harbor than either of the other places that she went. But you literally should have gone there first. Yeah, and but um, Glover is like the deal breaker for him is the fact that they have the wildlings on their side. He's just like, no way, I'm not on your side if you're fighting with wildlings. Yeah, and and then um, Sandra is like. What would Liana Mormont do? I know, she would be really rude. <laughs> yeah, she tries to remind him of his vows, but she says it really over the top and really yeah. hard. No, but just, to, it, but it, it's, she says it in a very, uh, like, 
a Storm of Swords Stannis kind of way. You know? Like, this is what I'm entitled to. Yeah. It's just not very Sansa. Like, if you read the book, Sansa's really, really intuitive. And her whole thing is that she kind of, like, knows how to talk to people to get responses she wants. At least least in the later books, yeah. Yeah. Just like Brittany Um, does. (laughs) Just like Brittany does. But, and then, and then Glover's like, well, fuck you because Rob got himself killed. Like, John has this reaction shot to her, like, saying, like, you know, you pledged your allegiance to House Stark. And he's like, (sighs) yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, like, this is just so stupid because then Glover keeps yelling at her for, like, Rob getting himself killed. The Boltons killed him! Yeah, that's true. But, like, he was not doing his job. It's kind of, Any- like, you can argue it's the same situation as, like, you know, what started Robert's Rebellion. Sure. Just, like, sure. like I mean, it's it's a spin, but, like, if you take away, like, the just, like, if you kind of let go of the idea that the Boltons are the bad guys, like, from Glover's point of view, it's, like, not stupid. Yeah, I mean, the Boltons seem like great liege lords. I mean, like, they do flay people. That's true, if you don't pay your taxes. But, like, if you get into trouble, they'll come and help you. That's what they're supposed to do. And you're right, supposed and to pay your taxes. I don't know. Speaking of the tax thing, um, we, we're, we're treated to the next scene, which is so fucking weird, because all of a sudden... John, they're at, like, the place that Stannis encamped outside Winterfell. Which, like, um, I usually don't talk about, like, this kind of stuff, but, like, this is so obviously a quarry that they're filming in, like, some random quarry in Northern Ireland, that, like, yeah, I, like, it's exactly, I, I would not be surprised if at least one episode of classic Doctor Who was filmed there. <laughs> it's just, like, so obvious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, uh, the, the thing that's really strange about this scene to me- Uh-huh. Well, first of all, what the fuck path did they take through the north mm-hmm. to do Bear Island? Yeah, whatever. But all of a sudden, there's an extreme sense of urgency to fight the battle right now. Yeah. And the reason John says it is because another storm could hit any day. We have to march on Winterhill now while we still can. But okay, so he's like, Stannis now. Like Satanus. He's not. He's not wrong that a storm would be very debilitating to his efforts right now. Yeah. Except. They're all Northmen in his army? Yeah. Fucking wildlings are in his army. They're pretty good at weathering storms. Secondly, there's no indication a storm is coming at all, other than, like, I guess it's just that time of year. Third, you still have a raven out to White Harbor, and you still haven't heard back from Brienne about the Tully army. Don't you at least want to fucking hear what the response is? Like, we fight with the army we have. You have an army that is one third of the size of your enemy's army. I, I don't give a shit how bad snowflakes are. You fucking, like, you wouldn't try to wait to at least just get an answer. No, like, I, like, it doesn't, even check with the worth, it doesn't seem worth the risk. You're right. I mean, like, I'm a young girl foolish in the ways of war, but like, I, like, I, yeah, he has like, like, you know, 2,500 men or something like, like some ridiculously small number. Against 6,000, basically. Uh, yeah, and... In a defensive stronghold. Yeah, and he is in an offensive position. Yeah, so like, I'm sorry, but if you fight with the army you have, you're going to f- all fucking die. You are going to all fucking die. Oh, I wonder what's going to happen in the next episode. Anyway, Sandra uh, Sandra thinks this is the stupidest thing she's ever heard in her whole life. She's like, can't we wait to hear back from Brienne? Yeah, Can and she's like, when she's going, Kerwin? yeah. Like, Kerwin, who was, we know we, he was flayed yeah. for not paying tax. Like, like we were already sending high-risk ravens. Yeah, like, Sandra like, might be an idiot, but even she has better suggestions than this. And But Johnny is like, no, we fight with the army we have. 
Yeah, and then like they they cut away to like Liana Mormont like futzing with some raven cages and like like it's like did they think the audience is so stupid that we wouldn't know how she would get the letter to Batfinger that she's writing the next scene? Yeah, so Sandra decides to send a raven from just outside Winterhell to Moat Kaelin, I guess. Yeah. Why did she even Is the battle the next day? Seriously? I guess, like, if she was seriously willing to ask for Batfinger's help, why wouldn't she just mention this? The not mentioning... No, like, if she says, well, because, if, like, I don't know, if she had said, I think we have a very good chance of getting, you know, the knights, I, I, I think, this, like, the knights of the Vale sounds stupid. I, I think we we have a very good chance of getting works, a very yeah. large force of cavalry on our side. All I have to do is ask, like... I mean, like, the plot depends on her not mentioning it. And, like, you can honeypot a lot of reasons why she wouldn't, right? Or, like, like yeah. she's not sure that she... Yeah, you know, like, but it does, like, it doesn't seem like a logical thing, especially since she's so desperate to talk John out of this. Yeah, she's like, we need more men. Yeah, like, she's like, she's like, screams at him. And, like, in the next episode, she's doing the same thing. She's just like, we can't fight right now. This is crazy. Yeah, just, I don't... No. I don't know. I don't know why John is so desperate to fight right now. The weather. And and what's worse is that Davos is like, yeah, yeah, the weather really defeated Stannis. Yeah, okay, but I'm pretty sure if Stannis didn't have like 10,000 men, he wouldn't have been trying to march on Winterfell. Like, it's really dumb. Yeah. So she mails the letter to Batfinger. Hey, Julia, would you rather take a army that is one-third of the size of your enemy's army and your enemy's in a very strong defensive position and fight a battle with that army okay. or wait a few days to a week, chance the weather coming that would fuck you up, but maybe profit from the third largest army in the North and the full Tully forces. I mean, it is a risk. I mean, there's no denying that, especially since, like... But isn't it less of a risk than, like... Yeah, I mean, like, that's that's a decision you have to make, right? And Sandra seems very sure which one she thinks is the better option, and so does John. But I think I'm on Sandra's side. I don't think there's any justifying John's position. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's just stupid. I mean, to like take it could turn out that the, the next day they don't have a web predicting system. It could turn out the next day that you know there's a huge storm and he's going to be all justified, right? And she has no way of knowing that. But like, I'm sorry, I still think even the storm has a better odd of survival if you might also get additional men. Yeah, well, then you're if you just right. march a force one third of the size of your enemies. I, like, you're probably, like, I, I think I know what decision I would make. <laughs> but, like, there's no yeah. denying it is a risk. Mm-hmm. Uh. But, like, we're talking, we're talking certain defeat here. I mean, like, maybe the greatest battlefield tactician in the history of the world could pull it off. Well, that ain't Johnny. <laughs> With, like, they dig trenches or something. But, <laughs> on, like, ground they don't control, but, uh, Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's move on to episode number nine, Battle of the Bastards, which has like a 10.0 rating on IMDb or whatever, right? No, it only got, uh, it only got 9.9. It kills them. They want to get 10.0 because there's a Breaking Bad episode that had a 10.0. Oh, they only got a 9.9? I thought they did get that 10.0. No, that's why John was like, it was surely worthy of it in my song. <laughs> oh, I thought they did get it and he was bragging. Um, no, no, he was saying it should have been. But like, the thing like I have to like watching, rewatching like, you know, all the scenes in succession, just like this plot line. This feels, like, really, really fast. Like, it doesn't feel like this would build up to very much. 
It wasn't. Like, the walking tour is one episode, and then we fight with the army we have. But, like, I don't know. Did did we feel that way while the season was airing? That it wasn't built yeah. up at all? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. I mean, know, this is because, the ninth um, episode of a ten-episode season. They kind of made the decision to go to war at the end of episode four. At the at the beginning of episode five, that's where they had the war con- council. So I guess I guess it felt more built up. But like, it's still like, a the problem thing that, that doesn't it- feel built up at all is the antagonism between Ramsey and John. Keep in mind, there's two. There's a week off in between um, the walking tour of the north in this episode. Yeah. But like, so like the helps. way this is framed as like you know the battle of the bastards, it's John against Ramsay. Like that's the part. It's just because they were both bastards. Yeah, that's yeah. the part <laughs> I really have trouble with because like yeah, Ramsay took Winterfell, which John thinks he's entitled to? Question mark. And well, he didn't think that when Stannis offered. Yeah, <laughs> and Ramsay harmed his sister, which would upset most people. Like, but like, I don't, but what what are I these? Don't, yeah, I'm, each I'm not other. feeling this like great epic rivalry here. I think that's because there isn't one. <laughs> I mean, he sent him the pink letter. That's something, right? I guess he wanted John to come and see. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Maybe I think it should be there, but I just don't feel it because I'm a jaded woman. I guess. I mean, you know, I've always talked about like people talk about you know, Ramsey is like a dark John. That's what that's what they say How? on on the show. He's nothing well, like John, and- not even remotely. Yeah, and that's what I said too, and I think that about the books too. And I, I got some, I got some feedback. Like seriously, they're both bastards. They both are associated with like Ramsay has his dogs and John has his wolf. What? That's um, yeah. Like all of it was very, very surface level. And you know, even if you could say, I, I guess it's more like their position in their life and how they navigate bastardy. But you know, it's still a bit of a stretch, I think, and it's it's much more superficial than like. John and Danny are the same person yeah. kind of stuff. You, you know what I'm saying? And, like, I guess it's because they're both snows. You can look at it and see that it's sort of poetic in ways in the books, but, like, they're not I mean, built up. I guess when you have, like, two bastards fighting representing these two great houses, that completely highlights the way the entire political system has broken down. Yeah, I mean, there's something nice about it in that regard, but, like, there's a reason Martin wouldn't have a chapter titled The Battle of the Bastards. I mean, not without or, a lot more built-up than this. I don't think he'd title that, well, a chapter that. He not <laughs> really title chapters like that. Well, yeah, but, um... Like, me, he might have, yeah. Battling. <laughs> oh, yeah, he might have one entitled The Bastard, and you're like, is it John or is it Ramsey? I don't know. And, like, that you not knowing is the point, or something like that. But, um... Yeah, so anyway, it's the battle episode. But, like, I'm, I'm saying he doesn't, like, purposely force into this giant situation. Like, this feels like another Watchers on the Wall where did it really need to be this giant battle? Because in a lot of ways, it feels like we, we're just redoing what Stannis did. Okay. So it's just it's just forcing it. It's just forcing these stakes, honestly. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it, it, like, yeah, the stakes are, especially since what we discussed at the end of the last episode where, like, the urgency is just not very convincing. No. The urgency is basically suicidal yeah. at this point. It's just not a logical actor I don't think would take that risk. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I think I agree with you. Um, So we open with a parlay, which doesn't include any peace banners, which worries me. Like, run away, John, run away. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> and they're not even white ones like no peace banners at all and uh the other people there are yeah there's johnny cardboard there's beardy there's davos there's San- uh, there's uh sandra and there is liana mormon and those are the only important people there there's like a couple of other guards oh poor mutants yeah poor other Getting- mutants. 
Um, by the way, this this episode script, Battle of the Bastards, is available on the Emmy website. And we should it all is worth, read it because it is worth a read. Yeah, if you want to win an Emmy for best writing, you should write like this. Like it's 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 actually parody level. Uh-huh. Um, it, like like there's one point where they they talk about how Umber thinks that John has balls <laughs> or something. Anyway, oh God, I, I don't. Ramsey basically is just like, yo, we don't need to slaughter each other. Like, uh, he makes like he's he's kind of a class act at the beginning of this scene. Like, you can tell it's an act, I guess. He's he's just like, just drop this, like, pledge your fealty. Mm. No, he's he's like, he comes up to them and he basically is like, okay, I'm gonna give you a chance to save face. Like, thank you for returning my wife. Um, why don't you pledge your loyalty to me and then like we can pretend this was some kind of loyalty pledging exercise and you could go on your merry way. And I'll even forgive you for deserting your Night's Watch vows, because he seems he's to be the, the only one who... He's the only one who mentions that! Fucking Ramsey! <sighs> yeah, um, and then John's like, you're right, we don't need to slaughter everyone, let's do single combat. And apparently Ramsey's almost tempted. Yeah. But then he ends up pulling a rob, and is like, if we fight... Yeah, like, that's I'm, stupid. Like, I have the better numbers, <laughs> yeah. so let's not Like, there's that. no way I'm winning this battle, why would I risk that? <laughs> I, the, or, I don't. Yeah. I forget what what John says. He's good. He's very good. No, no, no. He says he says that. Um, why would your men fight for you if you won't fight for them? And that's which isn't like which is really dumb because his men would probably respect the fact that he knows he's in a much stronger offensive position yeah. or defensive position, but whatever. Like, I'm not gonna fuck you over by risking single combat when we can just like fight roughshod over them. And then Ramsey goes, he's good. He's very good. Which just and then really reminds me of Star Trek V. And then he throws it back at him. He's like, would you let your little brother die just because you're too proud to surrender? Yeah. And and then they toss out the shaggy dog head again <laughs> to prove it. It looks, it looks pretty rough now. <laughs> and then Sandra is like done with this. So... Yeah, she just, like, doesn't want to be there anymore. Yeah, like, Ramsey starts talking to her and she's just like, you're gonna die nope. tomorrow, Lord Bolton. And then she writes off. She just cuts him off and, like, rides off, but it's based on nothing. Yeah. Like, she just, he just starts to talk to her, and she's like, you're gonna die tomorrow, and then chill, pieces yeah. out. And in the script, apparently, she's supposed to deliver it with such, like, authority that it's making him doubt it. Like, he is he like, maybe I will die tomorrow for a second. Okay, I can see that. Okay. I think so. Um, I mean, these are, these are, like, you know, two very skilled actors playing off each other, and even if the script is stupid, then, like, they could probably yeah. get something out of it. Um, but, like, as soon as she leaves, like, Ramsey goes, like, kind of mad dog, and he starts talking about his dogs, and how he's gonna feed everyone to his dogs, and his dogs. Let's mention his dogs some more. And his dogs, they haven't eaten for seven days, yeah. which I guess John is so scared of that he mentions it to Sandra later, because she knows, even though she wrote off. Yeah. But it just, like, hurts to me watching this, like, yeah, Ghost didn't fight, but, like, shouldn't his dogs have been fighting, too? Because he's like, yeah, my dogs haven't eaten for seven days, but then they're nowhere to be found. Yeah, like, really just, hungry like, dogs would probably be pretty useful in a battle. Especially if you've trained them yeah. to, like, tear people's throats out. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, uh, Grey Wind was all into the battle. So then we go into the tent where they're planning the battle for the next morning, and John is like, don't worry, we're going to dig trenches. When? Where? I mean, Why? Like, I, I've heard, like, on the interwebs that this is a production snafu, that, like, their production schedule was way too short, and they just, like, did not have time to do all that shit. But for some reason... To dig trenches? Yeah. Like, they, they planned on having trenches and spikes and things like that, but they just had, did not have time to get those shots. So they just, like, went with it rather than, like, refilming this one scene. 
How legit is this? I don't know, but it makes like like it makes sense. I mean, like I guess your choices are either they're so stupid and incompetent in their writing that they'll contradict themselves from one scene to another in the same episode, or they're so stupid and incompetent in their writing that something happened in the projection that forced them to change things, but then they didn't go back and reshoot one scene. Here's my issue with this, is that, like, this scene lays out the dangers of a devil envelopment, of a pincer. Yeah. And that's exactly what John face, like, marches his face into, mm-hmm. and his entire army. That's exactly what they get caught in. So, even if they had dug trenches, it would have been, like, really fucking stupid of them to then have done this. But, like, without the trenches being dug, it just makes them sound like really giant idiots that, A, on the eve of the battle, they're talking about digging trenches when... Yeah, and on terrain they don't control. Like, the field of battle is controlled by Ramsey. It's right outside of Winterfell. That's the other issue about this. Ramsey has enough control of it to, like, put a bunch of, like, flayed, burning corpses everywhere. So. Yeah, like, 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 okay, so I understand Ramsey couldn't just hole up in Winterfell like most people would because fear is his whole thing. So he has to show, like, we're not afraid to fight you. But this is his battlefield. This is his terrain, right? Like, he's the one in a defensive position. John's the aggressor. Why would you dig trenches? That's a, that's a defensive move. Why would Ramsey march forward? Like, why, like, yeah. And, and, like, are they planning on laying siege? Because they don't have men or supplies for that. Like, uh, Cause, no, because Stannis did the exact same thing, where he started talking about digging trenches when, like, he had no f- fucking army, basically. Yeah. It's like, none of, what is actually happening here? Do you know what a siege is? Yeah, like, we don't know much about this kind of shit, and we're confused, and... I mean, like, the people that we've talked to who know slightly more about this than we do, like, they seem to think it's even worse than we think it is. So, like, unless the point of all of this is to drive home that John is a fucking idiot and Davos is a fucking idiot and everyone involved is a fucking idiot, like, unless that's the takeaway we're supposed to have, that's the effect, you know? so character-wise, like, the takeaway from this battle scene is that, um... John can't let himself be provoked. It's crucial that Ramsay charge them. For the war planning them. scene, yeah. yeah. It's crucial that Ramsay charge them. That's that's the big thing. And also they make fun of Beardy because he doesn't know the names of formal battle tactics because he's a wildling. Haha. Yeah, it's it's crucial that he charges him. And you know what? Maybe that's where the trench idea came from because John thinks he can get Ramsay angry enough. Like he thinks that Ramsay's out of control enough that Ramsay will charge him. Maybe. Because he did say like, I was trying to make him angry. It's like, oh, good job, Johnny. Yeah, Beardy is very worried about the cavalry. And he's like, don't worry, we won't get caught in a pincer. Okay, so during this conversation, uh, there are a couple of shots, like, to Sandra, like, looking wildly pissed off. In the corner. Yeah, in the corner, <laughs> silently. And, um, it was, it's very Catelyn <laughs> in season two. Um, and, uh, then everybody but John and Sandra leave. And then Sandra starts just, like, huffing and puffing at John about, like, why didn't you call on you- me? <laughs> I was sitting like a good girl. Yeah, like, why didn't you ask me for my opinion? And I'm so torn because what she says, like, it kind of reminds me, I've said this before, but it reminds me of when Ginny yells at Harry, when Harry's like, no one knows how it feels to be possessed by Voldemort. And she's like, um, I fucking do and you could have fucking asked me. Yeah. But, like, that's kind of what, what Sandra does here, where she's like, did it occur to you that I know Ramsay better than anyone and I could tell you about him? Yeah, but, like, like when you watch the scene, there are multiple opportunities where she'd have gotten a word in Edgewise. And, like, there was 
like, like, you know, a scene very much like this earlier in the season where she was doing exactly that. Like, she was acknowledged with a seat at the table as a stakeholder in this conversation. And that situation hasn't changed at all. Like, she just had to stand up. Yeah, all she had to do is say, wait, like... Or, or even Excuse like, me. or even say like, yes, I completely agree with Beardy. You cannot let him provoke you. You know, just like, you know, say, say that in front of everybody else. And cause, cause like the both of these times where she's like desperate about these numbers and she wa- really wants to delay the battle, both of those conversations are private conversations. Like, why is she trying to get all these other trusted counselors, as she calls them, on her side like- with that? Yeah, it, it's a really good question. I mean, it could, just kind of seems like she's sitting in a chair. Yeah. With bad cramps, and that's why she's, like, not at the table this time. But, like, what? Dude. No, but, like, you're right. All the points that she makes here are excellent. They're excellent points. But, like, why is she pretending that she's being silenced? She's not being silenced. The the best you can come up with. Julia has a note. Her her honeypot is that the walking tour fail Uh made her less assertive. Yeah. But I don't think that adds up based on how she yells at John. No. And then, but so anyway, she she kind of like she should have brought this up. This just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And then she, and she also should have brought up how him, she possibly has like the Knights of the Veil lined up. Because <laughs> then he asks like, "What do you do?" She's like, "I don't know anything about battles, but just don't know do what he wants you to yeah. do." Like, he won't fall into your chap. You won't be able to mess with him. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's going to try to mess don't... with you. That's what he does. He messes with people. Just don't. And then she basically says like, "John Rickon's a lost cause." Yeah. Ramsey is not going to let us get him back alive. So just wrap your head around that. Yeah. Don't fall into a trap. And I still think we shouldn't fight this right now. Yeah. But because you're insisting on this, I'm just going to tell you that if you lose, I'm killing myself because I'm not going back to winter hell alive. Which I won't call reasonable, but perfectly understandable. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And however, again, also, I'm going to go get some cavalry for us. Yeah. (laughs) Like... I mean, like, the scene only exists, like, in this whole, in the season as a whole, to make John look like a complete moron. Just like. That's the effect. Yeah, like, this plan yeah. is stupid. He's not listening to people who should listen to. Like, Brittany is right about everything. If, like, just. And even Sandra's right here. Yeah, even Sandra is right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, just like. And, like, when you think about where the season ends up, this scene is really just, like, if you want to explain why that is ridiculous with one scene, this is that scene. Anyway, we cut away (coughs) to a couple of pre-battle scenes. Uh I don't even think it's really worth talking about Davos and Tormund, other than the fact that... Yeah, other than the fact that the line happy shitting is in is is in Emmy Way. Yeah, well we're just talking about like the pre battle rituals. It's fine. It's it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, they talk um, about how Jon then... Snow is not a king. Haha, <laughs> we know things. Uh and then Davos wanders off to go poop. Yeah. Seriously. And he <laughs> like, stumbles onto the pyre where Shireen was burned. Yeah, and like Leon Cunningham is, is way too good for this shit. Like it's like it's a scene with no dialogue. But and the directing is actually very nice in it too. Like there's some really nice like shots. It's pretty. Yeah, it's it's nice. I like this. I mean, it's stupid, but I like it. It's nice to look at. And he fi- he finds the wooden stag. Yeah, it's all burnt up. Which was a Carol Award winner. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. The next the next pre battle scene is uh, Mel and John. Yeah, and she's and she's just guess like- what? She's sitting in front of a fire, just kind of staring off, looking like she wants a bath. And uh, she wasn't at the war council for some reason. No reason. Yeah, well, she's she's like really sad. She's like not a warrior either, I guess. But she used to go to all of statuses. So, 
Um, John asks her for her advice. Yeah, and he's just like, what's <laughs> and her our advice? Say, what's... <laughs> and, and our notes say it would be nice if they had developed this relationship at all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, it makes sense that they would have relationships and she did bring him back from the dead, but, like, they haven't interacted, really, since then. So... And she's like, yeah, she's like, you're, you're like Westeros Jesus, but like, that's it. Yeah. So he, he kind of, the whole point was he said, don't resurrect me again. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, bitch, I might. Yeah. Well, basically like she says that like, you know, if I can, then I will, because if I can, that means God wants it to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. But she might've also lost faith. It's really weird. And like, I just, I just don't understand what kind of God would want you to do something like that. The one we've got. <laughs> I mean, is that like throwing the stupidity of his the arm we have nonsense in his face? Because that sounds stupid. I don't know what any of this is. Like, is this Mel's arc? Can someone explain to me why she's just sad all season? She's sad because she can't show her boobs anymore because we know they're old. I don't know. Her arc is that she she's really upset about how everything shook out. Uh-huh. She then resurrects someone and then she's still kind of sad. But then she's not sad anymore. I don't know. We'll get to that. For a bit. And then she gets banished. Yeah. Whatever. It's time for the battle. It's time for Bastard Bowl. Bastard Bowl. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. There's, there's a lot of this battle. It's like half an hour long. Um. No trenches. No trenches. Uh, I mean, um. Okay. Let's get the, let's kind of get the good out of the way. This battle is very well filmed. I mean, like, it's not filmed like a TV show. It's filmed like a movie. You know? Like, you can see... Yeah, it's very stylistic. Yeah, you can see the money on the screen. You can see, like, the, the directorial skill on the screen. Um, and there's, like, a couple of, like, like a, like, a lot of the sound editing is very good. Like, even the fact that it starts with no music and, like, everyone's kind of lined up, it kind of adds this gravitas it really doesn't deserve. Um, but, you know, as in itself, it's effective. In, in a better in a better show, it would be very effective. Um, this is, like, how I felt about Rogue One. Okay. About what? Rogue One? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like okay, the effect of them running on the ground with the ATAT was cool. Yeah, that, that was really cool. Um, I know. Yeah, like that's what this—that's what this entire thing reminds me of. Like, yeah, the production value is good. Yeah, and so like uh, Ramsey has prepared the field. There are—I'll be honest—I had more of a sense of dread watching Zulu, but <laughs> stop interrupting me. I'm trying to talk about the flame, flaming corpses. Just go. <laughs> Um, so it reminds me a bit of the Army of the Dead Mannequin Challenge. I didn't see that one. <laughs> oh, God. So, uh, Ramsey has his entire army lined up. It's visibly much, 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 much bigger than Team Cardboard. Yeah, maybe they should have waited to hear back. Yeah. And, okay, so... What if they, like, get the raven right after the battle from Manderley being like, yeah, man. <laughs> the late Lord Manderley. Um... Yeah. So then, uh, Ramsey comes out, like, through the ranks, and he has Rickon on a leash, because D&D have a fetish for characters on leashes. Um, yep, we're gonna see more of that, don't yeah. worry. And John is, like, shocked. He's shocked that Ramsey has Rickon, apparently. Rickon's also, like, towering over <laughs> Ramsey, but they try to make it look like he's not. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, like, just, Sandra warned you about this. She said specifically he's going to try to fuck you, and uh, Rickon is a lost cause, and... So yeah, let, let's just let's just cut to the chase. They make Rickon Ramsey's like Rickon, run towards your brother. That's the game, and then he starts to fire arrows at him dramatically and misses a few times. Yeah. And John and... gets on his horse and he goes charging basically off towards Rickon to try to screw him up to his horse and get him out of there. Which is not stupid, I think. Like, would that, would that be a reasonable thing to do? Well, I don't know. There there were like some people that know more about archery 
ranges and stuff, and they were saying that, like, Rickon should have been in the clear by a lot. Yeah. Um, he also ran in the straight line and stuff. So, like, but he's a kid. It's not I mean, stupid. It's not that? stupid to, it's not stupid to, like, rush out and then maybe, gr- like, rush him back to your line. That's not stupid at all. Which I think is what John was gonna do. Yeah. But, of course, you know, Acedia, uh, the arrow hits right, right when John, like, goes Yeah, but there's this, like, and, and fake out where you think the arrow is gonna yep. hit him. And, like, just, yeah, it's stupid. It's really stupid. Like, okay, Rickon's dead. So then John, instead of rushing back to his line, gets mad. Like, you can see him raging. And you can hear Beardy literally saying, don't! Yeah. As in, don't run forward, because that's that's gonna fuck everyone up. Because you're our commander. But John just does. Yeah, and then uh, they loose all the arrows. All the archers loose all the arrows, and his poor horsey dies. And he ends up on the ground. Well, you also have to remember, like, as soon as he starts to charge, he's the commander. So Davos has to take charge, form the lines, and then is like, follow your commander! Yeah. Because their commander is just, like, stuck in the middle of this field, and they're firing arrows at him now. Um, So then... uh, it's kind of cool visually. He's the, his horse is dead. He falls down. He gets back up. He like notices that an army is charging at him. So he gets this kind of like you know badass determined look on his face. He takes out his sword and he's like ready to fight an entire army by himself. And just as the army reaches him, his army from the back comes up and they smash together. And yeah, yeah so there's they, a lot of money on the screen. They 100% watched Lord of the Rings. Before. Yeah. We, we've had the, we've had this theory for a long time based on some other plot <laughs> yeah. lines, but, like, this is reminiscent of, like, you know, Faramir riding to Osgiliath. This is reminiscent of the, the clashing together. It's kind of like that war, war rider yeah, battle. Yeah, there's a like, moment later that's definitely the return of the king where the ghost army comes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and like, on, honestly, this, this whole thing is fucking ridiculous because john's horse is a pincushion yeah and nothing has hit him just... yeah and like the he's idea a much that smaller a target stand, than a horse <laughs> the idea that a guy could stand facing an army of like six thousand men yeah and we were already seeing arrows flying like <sighs> okay so it's about yeah whatever. it's a battle it's uh, none of the important dudes have helmets that's not really important i guess like i like we can't tell them apart because there's no heraldry yeah. heraldry yeah like all. i like i like did John just kill one of his own dudes? I don't know. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's I just um, there's a few happening. minutes of just like you know very standard like high budget action movie battle scenes. Um, Ramsey just spends the whole time telling his archers to lose. There's there's piles and piles of body flying everywhere, and eventually Davos, who's standing in the back with the archers, archers decides that they're going to charge. We may as well be sh- taking shits. Back Davos here, is obsessed with poop this episode. I think he's just really backed up because he found Shireen and he never he never got to take <laughs> oh, that shit. <laughs> So then, like, um, Ramsay sends part of his reserve, which is led by Umber, who gives us, like, motivational speech. Um, who holds the North? We do! Yeah, so then, like, um, basically what happens which is, is uh, Team Cardboard is pinned between a pile of their own body, ba- army's bodies and, like, Battle of Caney's style shield wall, courtesy of the Boltons. And and I have asked people who know what they're talking about how this happened, and it happened because no commander was paying attention to their flanks, and because Davos took the the line at, that would have like prevented them from getting surrounded and marched it into the battle. So it's all Davos's fault. 
Well, that didn't help because after, as soon as Davos like leaves the charge, you see Ramsay smiling. Yeah. So the the implication, but like the is way that, that like, it's filmed, like there is no pincer movement. It's just like no, all, just of all of a sudden, sudden they're surrounded. Up. Yeah. And just like they're surrounded by like the pile of bodies, and they're surrounded by these dudes with the shield wall. And like I think the way logically to me this would have happened is because that many people died on John's side, and there's that many more Boltons. Yeah, like, yeah. Of course they could be surrounded easily, but either, yeah. I mean, like um, the Battle of Caney was like uh, Hannibal had the, the smaller force. That's why it was such a yeah. trick that he yeah. surrounded the Romans, right? Right. So what ended up happening was he used the Romans' size of the army against yeah. each other because they were so tightly packed there's also um i think there's a lot of dust so there's like visual impairment for yeah, them and, and there's like noise he chose the terrain him. that was the most important part that hannibal chose the terrain of the battle and there was a fucking river yeah. so he could trap them like but the river is you basically could, like, the pile of bodies in this case yeah i guess but like well and i mean it's not it's not illogical that a very small force because everyone died would get trapped by a much larger force but it just like given that beardy's one thing was that he was really worried about a, a pincer movement yeah. like, like just john did exactly what he was not supposed to do what multiple people told him not to do and then davos played right into that and just like this is exactly the worst case scenario and, like, they do the shield wall pretty well. You know, some people were saying, like, they were sticking the, the spears out, the Bolton forces were sticking out the spears too much, so, like, they could have maybe grabbed the spears and then stabbed them. I mean, a few, the like, there, there are a few moments where they do do that. Like, there are some attempts to break the shield yeah. wall. Yeah, yeah, uh, Juan Juan could have been a little more instrumental yeah. in breaking the shield wall. Like, they, they do what they could. They do the cool thing where John is getting trapped under a pile of bodies. Yeah, like, it's very, like, it's very and, well shot. Like, the director and it's it, actually deserved realize, that Emmy. Like, yeah, and it's making you realize, like, wow, I never want to be <laughs> no, in a battle. That, that's definitely true. But, like, there's this whole thing where, like, he's trapped under all these people who are, like, kind of jostling for position as, like, the Battle of Caney thing is happening. Because, like, in the Battle of Caney, the, the Carthaginians surrounded the Romans and then basically mm-hmm. just killed them all. But, like, when mm-hmm. you think about the logistics of that, there was, like, thousands, tens of thousands of men basically waiting for their turn to be, like, run through with a spear. So being in the middle of again, that... Again, the Romans were the yeah, bigger Yeah, being force. in the middle of that was probably not very pleasant. So, like, that's exactly what John is experiencing. Like, he's under all these bodies. He's, like, like suffocating because there's just so many people. And he ends up kind of just, like, climbing up and he's a little bit higher than all the other bodies. But they're, like, so pinned together that he's being held up by just, like, the fact that everyone else is standing. Like, Spoo. And he just, like, has this yeah, very me- unique view of the... Play. It's it's really cool. Yeah, meanwhile, in the middle of it, Karstark and Beardy are going Yeah, because, like, Car- um... And it's not Karstark, it's Umber and Beardy. Oh. Yeah, okay, I mean, he, sure. like, climbs, like... Oh, that's fitting, because Umber hates Yeah, Godlings. Umber uh, takes, like, like a few dudes kind of over the pile of bodies to kill all the people who are trying to escape by climbing over the pile of bodies, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then they end up fighting, and I think Beardy, like, eats his artery Yeah, he, like, bites his neck and he bleeds out. Yeah. But anyway, I'm a little concerned about the viewers with epilepsy, because there's a lot of flashing, like, ugh. It made me feel yeah. sick. And, and I mean, the, I'm pretty bad with blood, but like, the, it was very stylized, yeah. 300-ish. It's really not that bad to watch. Either way, a horn blows and that is no war corn again. Yeah. Yeah, it's a <laughs> Yeah, like, all of a sudden, like, like, it's as bad as it can possibly be. Like, this battle is, they're all dead. They're all dead at this point. And then they hear the yeah, horn. Yeah, well, there's like four of them that were like fighting. Yeah, like, there's, there's hardly bad. any of them left. And, um, like, just like, Piles of bodies, guys. Piles. Like, piles yeah. that are geographical the features came, of Don't bodies. Worry about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so then, yeah, the orc horn means, like, the riders of Rohan are here, quite literally. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, we're, we're mixing our metaphors for Helm's Deep, yeah. but, like, this, the staging isn't even subtle. There's, like, a slow-mo the same way there was when Gandalf Yeah, it's actually pretty, around. it's pretty cool. Like, I, I was sucker for those kinds of shots with, like, the horses charging. And it's, like, it's, it's like a wide-angle kind of, like, fish lens kind of shot. And, yeah. like, the sun is shining. Yeah. And <laughs> Sandra's there in a white horse. <laughs> hey, this would have been good information for them to have before doing this. I also can't tell what Sandra's supposed to be, like, doing right now. Like, her face. Again, because, like, Sophie Turner is a brilliant actor, but, like, there's no discerning what like, this expression is. I, I think it's, it's kind of just, like, like, I have to fix your mess, Johnny, really. <laughs> no, she's kind of, like, I think it's kind of, like, um, like, it's, like, self-assurance. I think just, like, I fixed this problem. This is me. It didn't look happy. No, it didn't look happy, but it was just, like... It wasn't, it wasn't happiness. It was like kind of just like, like a confidence in her own competence in it that didn't moment. Look like that, it didn't look like anything to me, but okay. And, and you know, here's the, here's the thing. I do think obviously it's, it's a huge plot hole that Sandra didn't see fit to tell John about this yeah. army. But at the same time, when you consider it, she probably thought she had like an extra half hour to get there without Johnny marching them <laughs> into a fucking trap. Yeah, that's true. But, because this entire I, battle, like, like the idea that she just wanted a nice surprise for him, like, like it's, it's stupid. There's, there's really like, there's there, there are honey pots that are less stupid than others, or le- less, they're no. less reachy than others, but none of them are especially convincing. I'm sorry. The best is that Sandra really doesn't trust John, but yeah. then even that, like, doesn't trust him with what? Yeah, like she saves with him. battle information. Like, if she really doesn't trust him that much, why doesn't she let him die? And then use the Knights of the Veil to take Winterfell. <laughs> there was there's one honeypot that was like, um, that's why she didn't tell him before the parlay. But then what about after the parlay? Yeah, because like they thought that Johnny's so stupid that he would have given it away on his face. Aww, which he probably, probably would have. Uh, or he, he would have um, said like, also, maybe we're not as like you know small as you seem to think. Also, drop in the bucket, but like Moat Kaelin to Winterfell is not a. Short it's like ride. two weeks. If you're lucky. Then again, she did send the raven, and we don't know how much time. Yeah. That, like again, I I just can't bring myself to care that much. But but um, anyway, the 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 knights of the veil like ride roughshod over the. It, it's like that scene in Return of the King where like the ghost army shows up, the army of the dead, and all yeah. of a sudden, oh look, the battle's over, even though they were losing really, really, really bad. Yep. Yep, yep. But so at least, like, Ramsey we saw retreat. them get the army of the dead, and it had something to do with Aragorn's Ark. <laughs> you know? Um, and so then Ramsey is there, and at this point, all he has with him is, like, three bodyguards. This is the Warden of the North. So he turns around, and he goes back to Winterfell, and he and, like, his chief advisor guy, who we've never seen before... He's, like, trying to justify, like, he's trying to pretend the situation isn't as bad as it is for him now. And he's all like, they don't have the men to mount the siege, even though he just saw thousands of men come guess, to save them. I guess if he, like, closes the gates, uh, I have no idea what the fuck the anyone gate, is talking about. The gate, you mean the matter. gate that, uh, 1-1 manages to break in less than two minutes? Yeah, so 1-1 breaks down the yeah. gate, and Johnny, Beardy, and 1-1 come dashing yeah, like this, in along with- Winterfell sucks as a castle. It really does. Uh, they also have, in the script, it says they have specifically Mormont men with them. So, yeah, because uh, the uh, shield uh, that John picks up later has a uh, bear on it. Well, I'm glad that the Mormont survived. Yeah, all of, all 63 as much of as them. They did. So there's like, one one is like getting loaded up with arrows mm-hmm. or something. He has and a tragic like, death. John is, John is like looking at him and then this like surprise arrow hits one one. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and uh, I to kill him, and then John like flinches, and we see it's Ramsey that shot it. So Ramsey got his hands on a on a bow. He had an open shot when no one was looking at him to kill John Beardy or a dying one one, <laughs> and he finished off. Well, Ramsey's really into like you know posturing and bragging and fucking with people. So like in terms of things that are out of character in this season, this is a minor one, but. Julia, he could have fucking killed John. But he wants he wants to taunt John before he kills him. Anyway, so he's like, oh, you know, I'm going to take up your uh, offer for single combat again. <laughs> and, and John, like an idiot, is like, sure. Yeah, and Beardy, like, gives John this look that was like, no, don't do this. But John's like, yeah, I'll do it. So then John starts to rush forward. He picks up a shield. It's a Mormont shield. Yeah, but, but like, like this, able- this single combat uh, consists of Ramsey continuing to take pot shots at uh, John with his bow and arrow and John just kind of raising his shield up and walking slowly towards him and everybody else is just kind of standing around like okay I guess we'll let this happen <laughs> and then John like you know closes the gap and, and basically just, like, starts punching him it's 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 very Dunk from Dunk and Egg punching him over and yeah. over and over and over but then who walks into the courtyard it's Sandra even though it's still an active battle but Sandra and John looks at her and the script says that he realizes this isn't his kill it's her kill so he stops punching but the way that kid harrington's face works (laughs) is that he looks like a kid that got caught on a playground beating up his his classmate and he knows he's in trouble and like i guess this is like this is where the episode really starts going into this whole like like sandra is entitled to kill ramsey thing according to the script I mean, they touch on that during the parlay and everything, right, too. But just like... Anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where if, if John wants to kill Ramsey, but Santa wants to skin him alive. <laughs> like, who wrote this? <laughs> anyway, uh, we see the Bolton banner- banners dropped and the Stark banners are replaced. It's a cool image. Which... It's a cool I mean, image. like, I never I mean, thought it would mean that little to me. But... <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, and Mel is looking satisfied because, remember, she had a vision of yeah. this. And Davos uh, is to, they're 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 back on their staring glaring relationship that they had back in season five. Well, that's because that's because Davos like pulls out the stag yeah. figure which he like had on him this whole time. Um. Anyway, it's, it's, it's like in uh, to... uh, uh, what you call Downton Abbey, where uh, Matthew has that little toy thingy that Mary gave him and carries it through the whole war. Yeah, it's cute. Anyway, go ahead. Anyway, we go on to the the scene of Asnis Kratz's. So Asnis has taken over Sandra. Uh, and this is her empowering scene where Ramsey is tied up in a dingy dungeon. I mean, who put him there? I don't know. Because he's tied up to a chair in the middle of, uh, the kennels. His wounds haven't been treated in any way. He's, like, breathing clearly from all these gashes on his face. And all the doors to all the dog cages are all open. Yeah, this is the thing. Like, Asnes doesn't open any kennels. Yeah. The dogs are already there. They just read the script and know that they're not supposed to come on. Yeah. So are we supposed to assume that that, uh, Sandra arranged this situation, this little tableau, and now she's just come to watch it play out? Or maybe John arranged it and then was like, go do it, Sandra. Because she asks him, she asks him, like, where's Ramsey, right? Yeah. I I don't really know. I I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of important if she arranged this or not, right? If she didn't, he did. I mean, they're the only two people that are kind of, like, in charge right now and would why do this. Why is John in charge in any way? Because he was the commander of the why army. Why was he the commander of the army? Who is this dude? I mean, Who is he? <laughs> He's just some dude. 
<laughs> we'll talk about this a lot more in the next episode. Um, so, what episode is that? that oh, episode. oh, oh, yeah. And so, um, yeah, um, Ramsey notices that his wife is there glaring at him. So he's just like, <laughs> "You can't kill me because, like, I'm part of you now, or something." I don't know. I have no idea what this means. Some people think it means she's pregnant. I don't. Um, I think it means that, like. He's trying to, like, toy with her because she has PTSD, yeah. I think, is what... That's, like, my takeaway of that. Yeah. But I, I... It's just them being horrible. Um, yeah. And then, the, you know, okay, she, she's like, you're gonna be forgotten, no one's gonna give a shit. And then the hounds start snarling. Yeah, and, like... And, and yeah, he says, like, this is the most important point thematically, apparently. Um, she says... He says that, like, the hounds won't kill him because they're loyal to him. And she's like, yeah, well, they were loyal, but then you didn't feed them for seven days. Like, that's what happens when you treat people like shit, Ramsay. This is the theme of the episode. Except, except that that's not backed no. up by anything. Like, remember no, like, the Northern Walking Tour and uh, Glover's Points? Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't backed up by anything. And, and, and what really fucking frustrates me is, like, they could have had Umber turn yeah. in this battle. They, like, after the Ramsey thing, they could have had Umber be like, I'm out. And, like, it's still, like, they still could have done the cool little Battle of Kenne thing. And, like, they still could have had these odds because John was still stupidly outnumbered. Yeah. But, like, they could have done something? Or they could have had Sansa talk about Rickon and bring some sense of justice into this other than, like, you mistreated your hounds? Yeah. Which, I mean, I mean I, like, I'm not for animal like, the hounds are a metaphor, like, right? Yeah, they're supposed to be. I mean, like, the only thing that's wrong with the Boltons is that they're usurpers. Like, especially in this season. Yeah. Like, Ramsay killed his father, but that's apparently okay with these people. Um. Yeah. And, like, he, you know, he's he's doing something right because Karstark and Umber, the, like, you know, one of the two most important bannermen, are totally behind him. And he has more of an army than these people who apparently have a legitimate claim. So, like. And they remain loyal to him. And they remain him. loyal like, to him. This, this is honestly, like, the story of a bastard that climbed his way to the top, he secured an entire north, he was doing his leisure duties, but he just wasn't very good at keeping dogs. Yeah. And, like, but just, like, the whole thing, like, even last season when they did the whole thing with, with the Kerwins that they flayed, like, it was so, like, just blink and you miss it, you know? Like, the, you have that, and I, I, I keep that... having to refer to it, that just, like, they're super violent, and they're, like, kind of, like, they're little, they're little too, like, you know, uh, a little too, uh, overzealous in their, like, you know, keeping order or whatever, they're flaying people. But, like, we see that one scene, but then, like, the rest of it is all, like, them, like, Roos is, like, he had the North sewn up pretty tight, and then Ramsey just continued on with that. Like, Miranda never turned yeah. on him? Like, he has no problem inspiring loyalty whatsoever, apparently. Except from dogs that he didn't feed. Yeah. But, Which... like, if this wasn't exactly the mistake that Rob legitimately made, like, even in the books, this is the mistake that Rob made, that he recognized as a mistake and was trying to fix. Yeah. You know? Like... <sighs> yeah, um, so anyway, the dogs eat him, yeah. and apparently they're not CGI dogs, but wow, they don't look yeah, they, real. Yeah, there's something wrong with that. Like, there's something wrong. Like, I, they're they're probably mixed CGI and real. Like, to tell you the truth, but like, just well, I think they just like smeared meat sauce on in Rian's oh, face, that's, that's and then dangerous. like a dog was that's, like he's a brave man licking it. Um, but um, 
I know there's like, like their fur is too shiny, you know, like it's just, it's weird or their hair, dogs have hair. Uh, it's just weird. Like they look, they look off. I don't know. Um, well, some, some dogs have fur, some dogs yeah, have hair. Yeah. But these, these dogs definitely have hair. Um, so, and then like, there's this thing where Sandra, like she sees that the dogs are talking and she starts to turn away and then like she turns back and watches the whole thing. Yeah, for a while, yeah. and then she finally like heads out, and then according to the script, she gives the faintest hint. Yeah, of it's a very smile. faint. It's not that faint, but <laughs> I was being sarcastic. Um, do you want to just close this out? Because like, like just talk about the next episode, and then we'll we'll talk about Sansa. Because like, obviously, there's a lot. I mean, we've we've touched on almost everything. We touched on almost everything with Sansa about like how her rape was utterly unmotivated. If you didn't listen to the last episode, like that, that is where we kind of hit on that um, more strongly. But like, you know, uh, I mean, this, we're going to scream a is... lot about how Johnny doesn't deserve this. So let's just. Well, get the, on with this it. scene is difficult, and and I wrote about this a bit in Fallacy, uh, the Fallacy of Women on Top Part Three of my Sexism in Season Six series, where like empowerment, violence equals empowerment, right? Yeah. Like tackling that trope. And, um, and, uh, Jess wrote a, a piece on this too, more specifically focusing in on, on Sansa. And, and the, the difficulty is that it's not necessarily an out there reaction for a survivor to want to cause physical yeah. harm to her abuser. Absolutely not. That's, that's like, not, not just like, 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 like out and of definitely the... like having the impulse that you want your abuser to suffer is definitely understandable yeah. and like some abuse survivors are also violent assholes themselves you know like these are this is not like a homogenous group that all reacts in the same way of, of like, course like, of course and 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 the thing is like a lot of times survivors feel that they have to lash out because like that's that's what's at their disposal yeah. it's kind of like um uh, like lapis and jasper is what i'm thinking yeah. of where you know, but like obviously that wasn't a healthy spot for Lapis, yeah. and the, and that's the thing is that like no matter how cathartic it would it can feel like there is damage yeah. that perpetuating the cycle of violence does to you. Just like there's books written on the physiological damage that it causes, but like there is something like I just don't think it's controversial to say violence isn't good. No, like like violence is healing. Yes, that's maybe the, the like, better way of like, putting I, it. I can have complete empathy for somebody who lashes out in this way and who's just like, you know, I want him dead. I want him to suffer. Like, but like, if you get your wish, that's not going to make it any better. It probably will make it worse. And like, maybe there's going to be a, you know, a, a tear down of 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 the futility of revenge. Maybe. I guess it's possible. It's possible, but, like, you know, I'm still holding my breath for that because, like, literally everyone is motivated by violent revenge on Game of Thrones. So, it, you know, what's the difference? And and the bigger issue I have with this scene is that, like, if you look at Santa Stark's characterizations in the books, that's not how she behaves. To the point where, like, she she's kind of, like, shooken up and, and crying at, like, Joffrey's death who, you know, is an abuse, who abused her. She is haunted by Marillion's death, who tried to rape her. Like, she is a very chiefly empathetic person. Yeah, and, like, even she, like, you all. know, has those, like, like, when Joffrey dies, she's almost, like, you know, kicking herself for not enjoying it. For, for, yeah, yeah, she's just like, why am I so sad? He was an asshole. I should be happy. I should be singing. But, yeah. But the, the whole thing, the whole thing about Sansa is, is when Cersei's, like, you know, lead with fear, and she's like, I think if I'm queen, I'm going to make them love me. Like, that's, 
that's her style. And even if she felt, you know what, Ramsey's dying. He's dying. Yeah. And like, can you at least give him a death that evokes Northern honor? Yeah. Have John cut his head off. Why is she the one killing him? She, she wasn't even really the one killing him. She just was like there while the dogs were there. But like, it, it's just, it doesn't feel right to who Sansa like the is. The one who passes the sentence should swing the sword and she doesn't have a sword. So I don't. It certainly doesn't feel right to who Jane Poole no. is, who is, you know, the person that they like popped Sansa into the role of. And Jane's whole thing was just like trying, like just surviving any way she could. And, but not like, not like that internal resistance narrative. Like Jane was kind of broken by what yeah. happened to her. And it was just getting away from that. And, like, we don't really know where Jane's going, but it kind of seems like she just... I mean, she's not in a good no. place, certainly. But you don't have to become empowered by your trauma. And you're not, like, a lesser victim or a lesser survivor, rather, if you don't get violent revenge. You know, like, I can't believe this even yeah. needs to be said. I mean, like, there is, like, you know, it, it's a cliche, of, but, like... There, there is, like, you know, a lot of courage and strength in, like, not even forgiveness, but just, like, you know, like, rejecting the notion that you need, you know, something tangible to, like, you know, that you, you need some kind of come up in some kind of very visible, visceral, physical, like, way to resolve the situation. Yeah. Yeah, like like an external exactly. catharsis kind yeah. of thing. And, and, and what, what's frustrating is that the stories of the women who don't respond in violence are not usually deemed cinematic yeah. and i can only think of a couple of examples where this has ever happened on tv or in movies to be perfectly and it's honest. not usually framed as a good thing like then they're framed as being a pushover you know i would say orange is the new black did it the best yeah, for sure of what i've seen um elward actually had some commentary on this so that's a kind of problematic show but jenny Schechter is a uh survivor of sexual abuse from when she was a kid and she was like talking to someone who's like trying to get her to write her story and she's like this is the story of how you survived i want to know the story of how you thrived and jenny's like i'm here yeah. like i survived it's fine and like, it was that, that to me is affecting and what always 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 bothered us about this rape arc is that we could see that it was going to end kind of at yeah. this point. Like there was no question in my mind when Unbata Beta Broken happened that this would be how it ended. So it was again telling that rape revenge story. Just why? Why? Yeah. We already talked about how it doesn't justify itself last mm -hmm. episode, but it just, it bears repeating. And the takeaway of this is sort of atrocious where it's like, unless you look like this stock empowered survivor from the fucking eighties, <laughs> then like your story isn't worth telling and fuck yeah. you. And empowered women are violent and violence is good and violence against and it's it's great when women can be violent against men just like men can be violent yeah, against that, women. That, Feminism yeah, that makes it feminist. <sighs> <sighs> fuck you. Anyway, well let's talk about how much Sandra learned from this experience. Uh in episode ten wins of winter, fuck you. Okay, so it actually starts off with the, the um, comeuppance of Mel burning yeah. Shireen, however long later. <laughs> and just like, uh, um, I don't, there's, they use this, I hesitate to call it a framing device uh, for reasons I'll discuss, where uh, in the scene where Sam gets Bell's library from Beauty and the Beast, um, the very first shot of that sequence is the White Ravens leaving the 
the Citadel. Citadel. And we see the raven flying to Winterfell, like, at the beginning of this sequence. And just, like, I don't, like, I feel that this would, like, really, really work if it was a device that was used to frame the entire episode, especially since the episode is called The Winds of Winter. But this is, like, the only way that, like, two sequences are connected. And it just feels like a waste. I think it's supposed to show passage of time, yeah, but I but agree. It, I don't, it just makes the timeline a lot worse, actually, because, like, it would take a raven a very long time to fly that way. Well, it starts out with John like, touching seats in the winter-held dining hall, and, like, this is where my mom and dad sat, and I sat down there because I was a bastard. So, not his mom. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah right. and Whoops. Mel, um... Mel was like, you had yeah, food. Yeah, he had, like, a family. <laughs> I was a slave, uh, which is kind of cool. Yeah, like, he was a bastard of, you know, the yeah. fucking warden which, of the Which North, is something that so, like, Tyrion tells him in the first season, because Tyrion would know. Uh... <laughs> Exactly. Like, Jesus Christ, dude. Uh, but, like, remember but, when Stannis offered to make him Lord of Winterfell? Um, yeah, this so is they're weird. having this nice convo. They're having all the bonding they should have had before. Uh, when Davos comes in kind of, like, really, really upset, and he throws the stag at Mel, and she catches it. It's it's actually kind of funny the way he just, like, tosses it, casually, and, catches, and she catches it. It's just, like, I don't know. It was just amusing to me. Yeah, and he basically demands that Mel tell John. Like, what happened? Like, tell him what happened. Who who did that stag belong to? Tell him what happened to her. And I don't, it's so like, cause it's very transparent. Cause like, it's perfectly logical that Davos would be fucking pissed about this. Cause like, his relationship with Shireen actually was developed. But, um. Where was Yeah, this? like, like, when the story required him to be all buddy buddy with Mel and giving her a pep talk. Like, this was just, like, completely just shoved in a quarter. And now, like, they don't need Mel and Davos to be all buddy-buddy again, so now he's upset. It's like Padme suddenly cared about killing children, you know? Like... At the end of season five, you can see the heartbreak on Davos's face when Mel turns up. He knows what that meant. Yeah. He knows what Stannis's defeat would have meant for Shireen. Like, he's not a well, fucking idiot. Well, he didn't idiot. know that she was burned at the stake, though, and now he does. He, I guess he figured okay. that she was killed in the battle or after the battle. Oh, God. Uh, okay. But yeah, um, Mel basically tells John what happened. She brought on Spring. No one talked to him. The entire deserting force of Stannis's army didn't mention this. Where did they go? They just evaporated. <laughs> they just evaporated. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, like, where did they go? Back to Bravos. I don't <laughs> Um, but, like, Leon Cunningham is doing such a good job in this. Like, he's, like, this would be so easy, like, this is, like, a perfect candidate for a scenery-chewing scene, but he, like, mm. manages to pull it off. He's just, like, yelling and screaming and, like, talking about his feelings, but, like, somehow he just, like, pulls it off, and it, it's, it feels almost subdued, even though he's screaming at the top of his voice. Well, Carice von Houghton is, is really too fucking good for yeah. this, too. Like, she, you can see that, like, that she's, like, crushed by all yeah. this, and, and... So she basically says that, like, yeah, they sacrificed Shireen because everyone, like, you know, Mel, her father, her mother, they all agreed that it was the only way and it had to be done. And then, um, which is bullshit, but, you know, that's her argument. And um, Davos says, well, like, it didn't work. He died anyway. All these people died because you were wrong about him being the prince that was promised. Uh, I want to execute you. So he asks John for permission to execute Mel, which I have so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> like there's a there's a lot of like little details of this that don't matter also yeah. like um 
she's like, well, I was commanded to. Well, if someone would command you to do that, then he's evil. I know a lot of Stannis fans were really mad about all that. But, um, I mean, like, at this point, drop in the bucket, guys. Stannis is on the show. Yeah, that ship is sailed. It's in Fiji. Um, But, like, okay, so he's asking Johnny for permission to execute Mel. Why does Johnny have the authority to authorize executions? Who is he? He's just a guy. He, he's, he's not the Lord Commander of the Night's Watch. He's not the Lord of Winterfell. I have no idea why he's the commander of this army. Like, why? Like, just who? Like, this is Sansa's castle. Legally speaking, this is Sansa's castle. Like, assuming that Bran is legally dead in whatever way. You know, she's the Lady of Winterfell. She might have the authority to authorize an execution. But Jon certainly does not. He's just a dude. The only The might? only thing he has is that he's her brother. Yeah, like Littlefinger might have the authority. Yeah. So John asks because he has to make this lord decision apparently because he's a lord, I guess. Um, asks Mel like what she has to say for herself, and she says like basically like you're going to need me. Uh, she she basically says that she's prepared to die, and there's actually it's actually like a a subtle bit of writing, believe it or not, where she says that she's been prepared to die for a very long time, which like hints that she's old, but like in an actual subtle way. Um, uh, yeah. And she says that she, well, she, she's going yeah, to she, I mean, her, she, basically, is her point. Yeah, I mean, she's just like, I'm pre- I've been prepared to die for a while. Yeah. Basically, if that's the Lord's way, then it is, but you know you're going to need yeah. me. Um, so then he banishes her. authority is he banishing her? I don't know. I guess there's that one time that Santa said he, he was kind of like a stalk to her. I don't think that's legally binding. Well, speaking of, so Mel rides yeah. away. I guess she she could like go to the Iron Islands or something. And that's where everybody goes. I don't know. Don't know. When they're banished, I don't know. Uh, I mean, if, if she can go around, if she Kayla, decides, I really don't if know. She where decides you're... that Euron is the prince that was promised. I guess we're actually in trouble. I don't know. <sighs> anyway, um, the next scene is actually Johnny and, and Sansa bonding, yeah. and Sansa, Sansa forgets how no, Johnny apparently does know how succession works because he says that Sansa should be getting the Lord's Chamber. So why was he authorizing executions five seconds ago? I don't know. And then Sandra's like, I can't do that. Wait, is this Sandra or Brittany? Who the fuck is this? This is Brittany because she trusts John. Oh. And then she, and then he's like, do you trust Littlefinger? And she goes, only a fool yeah, would trust Littlefinger. Brittany. Yeah, def- definitely Brittany. Oh, okay. And then she also says, I should have told you about him. And then I to the veil. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, what, what do I say? <laughs> Tell me what to say, Kylie. I'm sorry doesn't really feel big enough considering that they all fucking yeah, no, died. Like, like 50 dudes survived that battle. Like, that's a very high casualty rate, uh, Brittany. And then John- Johnny's like, we have to trust each other. And, like, uh, does he does he want winter hell? Does he feel entitled to I mean, to, like, like, I kind of feel like this scene is supposed to meant to be played a little bit sinister. Like... Like, uh, this is, this is Brittany kind of realizing that John is trying to, like, get in on her turf. And that whole, like, the, there's this know. kiss on the forehead that, like, I think could be read as a little bit sinister. Well, Brittany doesn't really seem to, ha- I thought, I thought that was Yeah, sweet. I thought it was sweet too, know. but I'm just, I'm trying to figure out what they're doing. Like, this is supposed to be, like, bridging to the next season, right? I don't think Brittany overly cares which Stark is the one in charge. Like, I really don't. I think she just wants what's good for her house, yeah. and she knows that Johnny's a part of it because Brittany, Brittany loves John. But uh, oh, Winter is here. Oh yeah, yeah. She's like trying to bond. She's like trying to bond with him. I mean, I'm just trying Father to figure did out because say- surely they don't think that this animosity comes out of nowhere. So is this is this them trying to set up this animosity more with him being all like Probably. we have to trust each other. I guess. I mean, it's it's setting up him becoming king in the next scene is what's happening. 
But, like, I don't know why that happens. So <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> okay, so... And and then the and then the whole winter is here. Oh, Father always promised. Is this their first no, winter? Well, it wouldn't be, but just like uh, that's what Ned always said because that's the words of their house. Isn't that funny? Yeah, but like it's just stupid. They've seen okay, whatever. <sighs> anyway, uh, so then Brittany runs into Littlefinger and she becomes Sandra again, <laughs> and she becomes Sandra again, which is good because then she stays Sandra for the rest yeah. of the episode. <laughs> now we're confusion. Uh. Uh, they seem to forget that the pool was a naturally occurring hot spring in winter. I mean, like, it, 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 it was kind of important at certain points, but yeah, it's not really important. It, yeah. At this point, no. Um, anyway, uh, I guess Littlefinger decides this is a great time to start macking uh-huh. on her. But the first and... he interrupts, he says sorry for interrupting her prayers, but she's like, I'm one of those empowered atheists now. Piety is a weak feminine trait. Yeah, that's that's word for word. I'm kidding. More or um, less. She's like, talking, it's like she's done with she, all that religion. She nonsense. says, I was a stupid girl. I was, yeah, she was, she, 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 she yeah, stuck- she's saying that, like, Sansa was stupid because she ever wanted to leave Winterhill, which... Again, she was betrothed to a yeah. prince. Okay. Um, anyway, Littlefinger is like, well, I, you know what I do? I just, I have a vision board, <laughs> and every decision I make, it doesn't get me closer to that vision, and if the answer is no, I do not do that uh-huh. thing. Like that's literally how he puts yeah. it. Like he has, he and has then, like a dream or a vi- like a, he calls it a vision. I think or he calls it a vision. Yeah. So it turns out that Batfinger's motivation and has been for the entire series is that one, he wants to sit on the Iron Throne. Two, he wants to marry Sandra. Three, profit. And he says it's a pretty picture, and then she says that is a pretty picture, and like, what? Well, well, no, first he tries away. to kiss her. Yeah, she rejects him because she's like, well, it's a pretty picture. Yeah, like, I, I think she's away. trying to say, like, yeah, sure, dude. Maybe? I don't know. But remember when they, like, earnestly made out with each other last season? Like, I don't was know that, what's happening. Was that making out? It wasn't. Like, remember when she's like, I'll be a married woman by the time I see you. Yeah. Like, it was weird. It was, I don't know what they're going for. Okay, I don't so, know what they're going so for. So Sandra is about to, like, you know, leave the creepy man. And, <laughs> <laughs> like, reasonable. Um... She probably doesn't want to be sexually assaulted again. Like, reasonable. Okay, so then, he, as she's leaving, he calls to her back, like, you're the future of House Stark. And, like, yeah. Well, yeah, she's also the only <sighs> member that's there yeah. right now. I mean, like, you know, we we like bastards. We're team bastards, but, like, succession logic. Yeah, we're also team, like, hey, Bran is alive and, and she knows it. And we're also team, as, like, like, there are laws and, like, the, the society acknowledges that it's important to follow them? No, Cupcake. The whole point is that the secession's breaking down. Don't you see that it's this immaculate deconstruction of the feudal order? Well, that's, that's like, seriously people's argument. Um. Anyway, the next scene. We kind of, we just keep on going. Just keep on going. So, like, this is supposed to be putting the idea in her head that, like, or, like, reinforcing the idea in her head that John is trying to take her... Something yeah, that's take hers. her rightful place from her. Um, sure, sure, dude. What? Sure, yeah. dude. And well, kind of. So then, uh, in the next, the next scene is right after the Tower of Joy scene with the baby face crossfade, <laughs> which is really funny because then, like, if you're not watching that, like, it just kind of looks like John was like being a space <laughs> cadet when it like, comes back. He's just like, oh, somebody's talking. Who's talking? Oh, it's it's Bronzy Underwood. So what's he saying? Oh, he doesn't like wildlings. Was he also? He has a giant breastplate. <laughs> was he in 
uh, that, like, did, did he and Randall and Umber have, like, a menage thing, or? I guess he and Randall are gonna, like, I mean, Umber's dead. Oh, oh, Randall's gonna find oh, no, out. Oh, poor Randall. Yeah. Anyway, um, th- he's basically like, we don't want to fight with wildling invaders. Yeah. And, like, fuck you, Yeah, too. and Beardy is just like, uh, you know. We, we were invited yeah, here. Not invaders. <laughs> That's not, I think he says yeah, that. We were invited. I can't do an Icelandic accent. But then people are kind of like, yeah, the war is over. Um, okay. I'm sure the Lannisters are like, cool. well, I guess they're scuffling, yeah. but scuffling. Yeah, there's no like, there's no indication that they might get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, but the, so, but basically they're saying let's let's go home and and wait out the winter because like the war is over. Yeah, and John Yay. is like, remember Mission the White Walkers? They exist. And no one like raises an eye at this. They're like, oh, oh no, we they exist. Okay, so then uh, they're talking about White Walkers and completely unrelated things. <laughs> like I know the audience knows that the Army of the Dead yeah. exists, but like, how are all these Northern Lords instantly on board with the idea that the White Walkers exist? Uh, I don't. I guess they've heard reports and things like that. I Fine. don't know. So, but like, okay. okay, so there is no segue here, okay? So they're talking about White Walkers and how the war isn't over, and then Liana Mormont just decides to stand up and start shaming everybody for not being on Team Cardboard. Our, our uh, theory is that she's a book snob, <laughs> and she knows that the, about the Northern Conspiracy. <laughs> she's just like, why didn't like, you stick to the book plot line? <laughs> I thought I'd be seeing you on the battlefield. Yeah, really? so she goes she goes through, like, all of the lords who didn't show up, and all of the lords who rejected the call, and she's just like... You rejected the call. Yeah, and, like, I, this actor is hilarious. I love her. I, I really hope she has a bright future ahead of her. Uh, My favorite is when she calls up Manderly, and it just cuts to this, like, random old dude, and he's just like... Oh. <laughs> I'm bad. Um, he's mad sorry, though. Don't worry about it. And so then she says... <laughs> no, but just, I remind you again, there's no segue here. So she talks about how all these guys suck, and then she says... You know what? I'm super team cardboard. In fact, I like John so much that I don't care if he's a bastard. He's my king, dude. Maybe she just really didn't like Sandra complimenting her. And looks. she's just like, like they don't, they don't even mention Sansa. That's the thing. She's sitting, she's right sitting there. right next to John, just with this like vague, vapid smile on her face. <laughs> And, and just, like, the fact that they had Liana do this, like, Liana, who is a female, she's a girl, who's, like, ruling in her own right, you know? Like, she doesn't even pay lip service to a female lord. Named, named Stark? Stark. We serve no king. I thought we served no king in the north, but how about the queen of the <laughs> yeah, north? Yeah, like, like, no, but just, just, they like, made she's this. internalized the patriarchy so much that the bastard is less of a hurdle than the girl. I don't care if he's a bastard. Like, uh, Lady Sandra. No, no, like the the fact that they had her say this is just like a little bit extra insulting. And and, and Sandra's just like no, oh, she's just like like oh look care. at this John, isn't this interesting? I'm so happy for you. Like that's the look she has on her face. Yeah. And then like all these <laughs> other people are like, yeah, mad sorry I didn't fight with you. Yeah, but but like like, 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 like Liana says her piece, and then like there's dead silence, and she just kind of smirks and sits down. And then Manderly stands up and says exactly the same thing. And then everybody starts cheering. <laughs> He's just like, um, yeah, you know, I'm really sorry I didn't mm-hmm. fight with you. You avenged the Red Wedding. How? Um, he killed Ramsay. Okay, I guess. But Ramsay. Sandra, Sandra I guess Ramsay. Well, Sandra, I'm saying, like, Ramsay's not a threat anymore. The Boltons but aren't a threat anymore. But what did John anymore, do like- to make that happen? <laughs> as far as 
like he watched them into a trap. I mean, they should they should be making Littlefinger king of the north that they have to make into like. <laughs> <laughs> they should no, make like that one looking... guy at the bit like at the the shot riding the red horse, the white horse at like the fish the fish island shot. <laughs> they should make him the king of the north. He led the charge. You know, technically, Ramsay's the one who re- who avenged the Red Wedding because he stabbed Roos, Ro- uh, you know, in the same style that Roos stabbed Rob. Anyway, Glover's like, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, too. And John goes, there's nothing to forgive. Well, he did have a um, bunch of really good points as to why he wasn't going to join them. I guess that's true. Mm. And then, and then, like, all these people are like, yeah, yeah, okay. And then they start cheering and they stand up, King of the North, yeah, King of the North. Yeah, it's a rehash of a very... Uh, much better and done then, season one scene. Imagine that. And then Sandra gets this look on her no, face. No, first like, she makes eye contact oh. with Littlefinger and, and uh, Batfinger. And Batfinger is just like, oh, see, I told you. He's trying to steal your castle. And then she's like, oh, he's trying to steal my castle. Yeah, she just gets this look on her face. also like, oh, huh, wait, I'm a, I'm a star. <laughs> like, aren't I the Maybe legitimate I heir to this seat? <laughs> Am I still the heir to the seat? Is John's seat gonna be here? How's this even gonna work? Okay, so like, that's, that's the season. Like, that's the season. That, that's the spotline. Um. I mean, we have to talk about John specifically and how the narrative, the narrative rewards him for being a fucking just like, idiot. Nothing he does, nothing he ha- does helped bring this outcome about. Quite the opposite. Nothing he did helped nothing, anyone. Yeah, like, he, this yeah, like he died. He got resurrected. He deserted the Night's Watch. Um, he he had some yeah. Soup. He was there. I I mean, I guess he brought the wildlings on board, and uh, Brittany wouldn't have been able to do that by herself. Probably not. Okay. Uh, I mean, if she promised them the same thing, like you know, if she promised them that they'd be able to settle in the north, she probably, probably could have. Yeah, like, but or she could have rounded up the mountain clans and had her own like wildling yeah. force. You know what, what I'm saying? What do with the mountain clans? <laughs> Because I'm really pissed that they were, like, not ex- included at all. Because that's so fucking northern yeah. to me. But, like, that, the Starks are fucking, it's the fucking Starks. They are supposed to inspire yeah. loyalty. It is so well run under the Starks that a woman can be naked and walk down the King's Road and not be accosted. Yeah. That's a book quote. I probably didn't just make that up. <laughs> just so you know. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's why that's why the Starks inspired loyalty because they were like bitch and liege lords, right? And yes, like and so like and honorable, yeah, and on, like you know they kept their word. They like you know like that's kind of important to Ned's arc that he keeps his promises, and like and no matter what it costs you, I mean like and that that's kind of what bit Robin the ass, right? With the whole thing with like Jane Westerling, he's just like you know I have to do the honorable yep. thing, but then I have to choose between two unhonorable things, and he has to choose between them. You know, like but. Like they're and he chose yeah they're they're the house that like you know actually gives a shit about their job and they try to do it well and it's worked for them for eight thousand years so they must be doing something right you know like and just like but all this asshole did was lead them like he didn't even want to fight yeah like yeah like he 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 wouldn't even like be fighting at all if Brittany didn't come yell at him and shame him into it and truthfully like oh he brought the wildlings on board but like had had it just been Brittany had he been like sulking and drinking soup Mm -hmm. still and it was literally just Brittany trying to lead this she wouldn't have fought on that exactly she she would have waited until she had like uh, like you know at least an answer for the Mandalays she probably would have tried for those mountain clans because you're obsessed with them so I had to mention it and you know 
know, she would have gotten the the Knights of the Vale. I'm in like eventually at least. Yeah, like she she could have gone to the Vale and like actually yeah, like, got like, them like, on she her side and gotten little desperation on herself and just like you know called Littlefinger. Or like disposed of little like 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 we were talking about it. pull yeah. one over on him, go back and get the Lord Lords of the Vale on her side. Yeah, you know. I mean, just like maybe like she's, Mary, uh, Harry she's Harding, he's or smart. whatever his name is. <laughs> um, Seriously, yeah, like, but like that that is actually a good use of a marriage alliance. Um, that's exactly how how uh, Ned and Cat actually ended up being married. <laughs> but um, but like. I mean, is the commentary that this place is so sexist that they reward him for all of her actions and just completely overlook him? Is that, like, meaningful, like, on-purpose commentary? Well, on purpose, I don't know. It's a common thread. Like, Mel was overlooked at being the person who resurrected John in favor of John being a god, yeah. you know? Uh, I, I guess, um, you know, every good idea, like, Liana had to be convinced by Davos. Um, but Davos is, like, you know, another white dude. Like, just like... Yeah, I was, I'm saying, like, it's maybe, like, a, maybe that's a mm. point. I mean, on purpose, you no. You don't think it's on purpose? No, I think this is just incompetence. Like, uh, I mean, I guess it could be, uh, they could be very purposely misogynistic. Like, I, I told you this, this show is thoroughly misogynistic when you break it down, but I don't think it's purposeful because I think I mean, there's... because they're definitely setting up an animosity and a rivalry and, like, an open political conflict between John and Sansa for the next season. They are, but at the same time, they also thought, like, oh, Sansa's really empowered now because she killed Ramsay, you know? Yeah, but, like, are they trying to imply that Sansa is in the wrong? Because I don't see any indication that the narrative thinks that John is in the wrong in any way. Like, because, like... I think like, we're I th- supposed to... Like, I think, like, like uh, Sansa's development is supposed to be going in the direction where she she wants to love her brother, but she can't resist that kind of Game of Thronesy, backstabby Lannister nature. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, like, anything... Yeah, it, it's not framed well. Yeah, that, like, for her. her for her him, distrust, it's fine. Her distrust of him isn't framed well. Uh... A because it's fueled by Littlefinger, yeah, and B because like you know it's John, he's our hero, exactly. And, you know she apologizes to him for not telling him about the Vale troops, and he says we have to trust each other, as in like you didn't trust me, yeah. So it's like making her seem like the bad actor in all of this, yeah. yeah. And, and and there's no there's no like feedback from the narrative that he was wrong to not listen to her about mm-hmm. like waiting. Mm-hmm. No, they that never even comes up again. Why does the I mean he he says him? he says like. I mean, You're like, the reason we won the battle. He says that yeah. to her. And and he's all like, you should be the Lord of Winterfell, basically, is what he says. Because that's how f- the feudal order works. And she's like, oh, no, no, no. Like, you're totally, like, an equal partner in this, at the very least. Um, well, uh, keep in mind, she knows Bran is alive. So maybe, like, that's the other aspect of this. Like, she, do, you know. Well, yeah, well, they do me- they do mention him offhand in the soup and the plus scene. Yeah, no, no, but I'm saying, like, after this, like, it's, it's not even like, oh, it doesn't matter, like, you know, I'm not going to sleep in the Lord's Chambers because we're going to go find Bran now. Um, I don't, like, Bran seems to be kind of, like, legally dead, you know? Yeah. he's a tree. Uh, I don't know. Well, okay, but, like, well, what I'm saying is that, like, none of the... I don't know. I don't know what any of this means. Yeah. No, but just like, no, like, I can't figure out what they're trying to say with this character arc because in this scene, it's just like all over the place. In this one scene, you know, where they're standing on the battle, it's like, first she trusts John, then she doesn't trust John, then he's telling her off for not trusting him, but then she's just like, oh no, you're totally as much Stark as I am. And this is all in the same scene. I think the arc kind of makes sense for Sansa. 
ish because again it's showing her being tempted by the game of thrones stuff yeah. and like maybe she doesn't know how to act but for john it's a fucking mess because like it's kind of implying that he feels entitled to winterfell and like uh, everything the stark name comes with right like that's yeah actually that's pretty consistently how he acted this entire season so very loosely his arc is about getting what he's always felt he was owed but this is a little bit difficult because it, difficult to reconcile because he rejected Stannis's offer to give him. Exactly but how does this. how does the whole being dead thing play into this? Because the, there's whole thing he feels betrayed, like he rejects the Night's Watch entirely because he feels who so the fuck said that that by who the, the fact fuck that, said that plays him. into this at all? No, but it must because like he feels like he feels like he was entitled to not being killed by his brothers, which like I guess is fair. But like you know he feels like he was entitled to their loyalty and they didn't give it to him. And so he re- completely rejects it. He completely rejects that entire, like, paradigm of service. And then Sansa ropes him back into it, and through it, he finds validation. Now, I mean, I don't know why he's validated, because everything he does is stupid. No, like, like just, like, objectively, obviously, like, nobody can think that his actions in episode 9 were anything even remotely good. I mean, he was he was good at killing individual people in the middle of, like, the scrum, you know? I don't even remember him really slaughtering that many people. Uh, he killed quite a few people. Okay, I mean, I just don't care that much. Well, apparently people do. I mean, that was the best episode ever. But, like, what does that tell me? They, I guess what I'm saying is they didn't really give John a meaningful kill. Like, no. he just, he avoided arrows that should not have avoided him. Like... I mean, like, the battle was, like, like you compared it to the 300. I think that's a very good analogy, just because, like, like you can't argue in any way that it was realistic. No. So, like, it, it was very interesting to watch. I mean, it was a little boring because there was no emotional investment, but, like, you can kind of appreciate, like, from a technical point of view that it was a good battle. But it was definitely wasn't, I like, guess. a gritty and realistic kind. Like, it wasn't. It wasn't a realistically filmed battle. I don't think it was meant to be. No, it was very stylized, yeah. Yeah, and... Like, in terms of the actual emotional investment I had in it, it there was zero. There was zero emotional investment. I, I kind don't of, see like, how there could be more. Yeah. <laughs> it just kind of like, like, want Like, I want bad things to happen to Ramsey as a viewer. Like, I don't want him to. Of course not. Like, but, like, why, but the whole we fight with the army we have thing, like, why? Like, why? I mean, this is very, like, I don't want to go there, but this is very, like, they have this, like, stupid, like, white, wonderbread white boy. Who just, like, does nothing right, is a complete jerk face, and just is rewarded by the narrative for no reason, just like they're rewarded by society. Yeah. Like, but just, they don't, but I don't think they realize that he's a complete fucking idiot. Exactly, because they're exactly what he is. I mean, like, I don't want to go there because it seems just so, like, screechy, like, Tumblr feminist, but, like, I don't know where else to go anymore. What's left? Well, I mean, yeah, like, why is he being rewarded? Like, legit. Like, what did he do to earn this? He died for us. He died for our sins. Like, and Optimus he Prime. Had, and he has the big picture in mind, except when he wanted to fuck off. I mean, are we supposed to forget that? That he just, like, fucked off in a huff? And Sansa is the one that dragged him back into all this. But she's all politically ambitious, and that's bad. Uh-huh. Well, it's good for a woman to encourage a man to be politically ambitious, but not to hold it for herself. Unless she does that too well, because then she's Lady Macbeth, and that's bad. I don't know. I don't know. This isn't flattering. No. Okay, her... 
I just don't think there's much meaning in his arc. At best, we can say that he's, like, rewarded for what he felt he's always been. So, like, listening to his sister paid off for him. Like, that's great. Yeah. Don't know what being dead had to do with any of this. Still don't know why people were playing football with his body. Uh, he, I, mean, I don't like, know why he's checklist a Checklist or Aspol, John is probably going to be king of the north. Are we playing this? Uh, I mean, I think that's a checklist. I do. Yeah. So, like, I, I agree. I mean, it's Or at of... the least, like, the will turns up and the northern lords want this and then find out he was stabbed or something. But, like, yeah, no, I, I do believe that's a checklist. I do. Yeah, and so, like... I'm just thinking of, like, the actual Jon Snow and how this would play out in his character arc. Not like this. No, not like, because, like, <laughs> like Jon has always had this very deep, very kind of visceral feeling that he didn't belong in Winterfell. Like, that was his problem, it, that he didn't belong anywhere. If anything, like, I feel as though he might be declared king in the north and he doesn't want it. Like, I could see that happening, or depending on the context. Yeah. And I can see, like, there being some kind of conflict between his claim and Sansa's. Yeah. But, like, Sansa is very, like, ready, I think, like, emotionally to reach out to him now. So, like, she's so desperate for, like, you know, not not even just family. Like, she's desperate for family, but she's desperate for just, like, people who she knows she can trust not to just use her. You know, because she feels that everyone is using her. Everyone is using, like, you know, her 13-year-old vagina for their own plans. And, like, that's what she's really sick of. So, like, I can see their claims coming into conflict, but I can't really see them coming into the conflict. Yeah, I think that's fair. I so, think that's very fair. She she thinks about him in, yeah. in A Feast for Crows. Very briefly. I mean, like, Sansa has her own shit to deal with, you know? But, um, just, I don't, like, I feel like I have so much more to say, but I don't have anything else to say. Okay, well, like, let's quickly, like, I don't think we're gonna tease out any more meaning to Jon's arc. I'm no. sorry, I don't. Sansa's arc is the culmination of her rape revenge. Mm -hmm. So that was what was driving most of it. But then, like... I mean, is this supposed to be, like, her political education? And then in the next season or two seasons, like, she's going to make a play? I guess. I mean, she dragged John kicking and screaming back to doing this. And she was willing to bite the bullet and reach back out to Littlefinger. Yeah, like, she was willing to, like, really take... Not only, like, a political risk, but, like, even, like, an emotional risk doing that. She was kind of putting the political over the personal yeah. this entire season when you get down to it. Yeah, because, like, she hate like, she has every right to hate Littlefinger with, like, every fiber of her being. Yeah. Oh, that's um, a pretty picture. So, I mean, I guess it's her being a boss-ass bitch. Is yeah. that her arc? Like, learning learning to put the political over the, the personal, because, like, obviously she rejected Littlefinger No, offhand. because, like, what she did, what, what happened is that she was, like, you know, the stupid little girl who trusted people and that ended up getting her raped. So now she's not going to trust people anymore. She's like, you know, she doesn't pray anymore. She doesn't, she knows that no one can protect her. She has to do it all herself. She and doesn't trust Littlefinger. She doesn't trust, she doesn't trust yeah. John. She doesn't trust Littlefinger. She just trusts John. She has to be a boss ass bitch just like Cheryl, I guess. So are we like worried though that she's not able to trust anyone? Like, shouldn't she be able to trust John? Like, aren't, aren't we supposed yeah, to? Yeah, I don't think that this is like going to end well with Sansa meaning, like, in terms of like her, her, like, you know, alignment with the audience, if you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, because, like, I can understand that, like, it, this whole season is about her losing trust in everyone and, mm -hmm. and being in a, a position now where she, like, has what she wants, and right? Like, she's reclaimed what she thinks she needs, but... And she got fucked over, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, huh. 
that's that's not a good arc. Why is this what's happening? And at the same time, you know, Mr. Whitebread is rewarded by the narrative. Let's not talk about Supergirl. <laughs> I'm just, wow, like, yeah, she did, she finally, like, bit the bullet, took one for the team, mm-hmm. you know, she's the one that, like, got, and then she was just, like, too nice to him, and then she got fucked over. But, I mean, she could have also said something to Liana when Liana was he like, I don't have said something. I mean, like, she's kind of right to be pissed off at him, too. He could have been like, uh, what about my sister? Or she could have, like, spoken at all before Liana started flapping her lip. Like, I don't know what any of this yeah, was. Yeah, like, why was she sitting there? Why didn't she have an opinion about any of these discussions? Was she on the Land too? Like, just, why is she, like, because in the first half of the season, the first episode of this little podcast series that we're doing right now, like... She was perfectly assertive. She was perfectly willing to express her opinion at all times. And then in the second half, when she needed to be, like, you know, put upon, she's just put upon. Yep. What's going on, Kylie? Okay, two more people to talk about. One is Mel, and I don't think there's anything to say. No, I mean, we discussed how, like, her kids are old, <laughs> and that's stupid. Uh, yeah, but, like, does well, she have an arc It's not stupid season. as a concept, but it's just, like, it's stupid the way that they, they played with it. Well, it, it's just, like, it was just, oh, now we know. Yeah. And she okay. made one vague reference to how she's been prepared her to die for Her arc should have been about, like, realigning with the idea that John is a Zora High and yeah. focused on that. But she spent the entire season moping until the battle went well. And then she was, like, happy for a second. And then she got banished. So I just said, I don't know what that arc is supposed to be. Is she? Because she's supposed to, have, like, reconnected with her faith, but she didn't. And in fact, she seems more like, I don't know. I don't know what, what this is the god we've got. Yeah. But that was before the battle. Know. Like, after the battle, she was all like, you know, God has decided that he wants me alive, so you can't kill me. But it sounds like she's, like, an atheist believer now is what it sounds like to me. Like, basically, they just, like, hated that she was a true believer, so then they, like, knocked her off that a little bit. Like, I don't, but I don't, it's not an arc or anything. I'm just saying, like, they just couldn't even, like, have a zealot on their show. <laughs> so overzealous. <laughs> Hashtag overzealous. <laughs> Like, seriously, she just looked sad for the majority of the season until the battle went well. Yeah. And then she's like, well... Well, I guess I'm vindicated now. Oh, yeah, because that vision came true, right? Yeah. I would have thought the resurrection would have, like, given her a little more lift to her spirits, I but... Know. Okay. I don't know, Kylie. You want to talk about Davos? Yeah, okay, let's talk about Davos. So Davos had, like, short-term memory loss... <sighs> I mean, this character has always been just, like, what he needs to be. Yeah, he adapts to the needs of the scene. I mean, in the second season, he was an interesting character, I think. Yeah, but he adapts to the needs of the scene, and he has for a very long time, and I yeah. see no reason to think that's changed at all here. No. I mean, like, like the only thing that's worth talking about is because of Leon Cunningham's performance. Yeah. And but even like, that, like, like sometimes you can see, like, just some scenes, he's just like, what the fuck is this? Okay. But he didn't grow. He paycheck, didn't change paycheck. it anyway. He didn't, he didn't change yeah. it anyway. He just, like, got mad at someone. That's yeah. not an arc. He got mad at someone and really fucked up a battle strategy. Like, none of this is not... Th- this is not what an arc is. I don't... I honestly don't think they were considering an arc for Mel or Davos. I think it was all about Sansa and John. That's, and I that's think not entirely th- stupid. I mean, like, you know... When you no, know. I, no, I don't think it's entirely stupid. But I, I don't think that their thought process for Sansa went much beyond... Rape revenge culmination mm-hmm. and seeding tension for next season. I know, it I probably really think... annoys a lot of people when I say this, but I put so much more thought into my fanfiction than they put into this show. Well, yeah, I mean, you read over it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like with John, I don't. They obviously do. They were ending the season with him being king of the north. Yeah, but it's but like, like getting were there too... from where he started is like 
Like, that, that like, takes skill and planning, and they don't have either of those. Well, and they seem to be just utterly unwilling to have Ramsay have any chinks in the armor going into this mm-hmm. battle. And to the point, like, this is the issue, is that, like, I still think they were prioritizing Ramsay over everyone in the Northern Theater until the very, very end. Even then, because, like, there was no sense of poetic justice. They just knew they wanted Sansa to kill him, mm-hmm. and they thought it would be poetic, but... It's not because they weren't willing to give like the Starks anything against him. No, they thought it was more important to have the surprise victory. I mean, his like, like he's evil. Like you know the way that we spell it with a U in it. He's evil clearly, but he doesn't have any like flaws. (laughs) You know, like 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 we discussed there's nothing wrong with the way he runs the north except one passing reference last season to flame flaying people and he's you know like he grins evilly while he like competently rules he tortures like men and stuff yeah he does but just like that has nothing like just... yeah he's a great liege lord other than the whole like torturing men thing but he like, doesn't tor- like he tortures like you know people that nobody cares about so like just like and his wife. Yeah, and like, like you know, he he rapes his wife. I mean, but no just like, like like you know, like I like it's just the point they were trying to make is specifically doesn't inspire loyalty. But yeah. everything that he does would actually inspire loyalty in these people. The, the, the people he needs to inspire loyalty in. Especially because like, these people don't care about the Yeah, he, he's like he's a bad like he's a bad guy, obviously. Right? Like like a literal yeah. bad guy. Like he does bad things. Yeah, but they haven't be a logical actor. So. Exactly. And or at least roosted it enough and then he stabbed him before. Like, and, like, I, I and there's no hint that just like, you know, the lords are uneasy about his instability and his propension to like you He know. killed his father. Yeah, and they don't they don't care, but just like like it would be reasonable if the lords were just like, Yeah, the guy seems okay now, but when is he gonna snap and start like, you know, doing what he does to the small folk to us? But like, nobody no ever says un- anything like that or even implies anything like that. No one was unnerved by the games he was playing with Rick. Like, yeah. Like, Umber should have... Uh, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with Umber. <laughs> I mean, Karstark, I guess, like, oh, Rob cut off my dad's head, yeah. so... But, like, even so, he didn't, like, flinch when Ramsay killed Bruce? Like, he didn't... No. Should, that That's a taboo. A very strong taboo. Like, a taboo so strong that, like, like capital B bad guys... In the Song of Ice and Fire, like, make sure they don't cross like, it. Like, Rick, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, like, you know, there's always, like, they talk about technicalities and things like that, you know, like, just, it's it's not a taboo that you break easily in the society. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and it's, I really think, like, they thought because they've built Ramsay up successfully as a villain enough, and they've built John successfully up as an action hero enough, they didn't actually have to, like, put any effort into these two having meaning to each other. They don't. They really don't. They don't. And like John, John didn't have a plot line again. Mm-hmm. This is like the fourth. This is like <laughs> the, the third year in a row that he didn't have a plot line. Oh, poor John. But I don't think they realize that they're not giving him a plot line. No, they ever. don't. I mean, the last time they gave him a plot line, it was about him being sexually assaulted, and they didn't realize it. So, like, yep, that's true. That's very true. I, I just, I just don't know what to do with any of this. I, yeah. I mean, this, I think we can keep talking in circles literally for another hour. I, I really think the main issue is that they prioritize Ramsey over everything again mm-hmm. for the second year in a row, and the the fact that we have another battle. Yeah. Like they prioritize the, the battle, I think, even more than Ramsey. Yeah, and like the the status had this battle set up. Like why? They just wanted John because they know the audience likes John better and they like John better. 
but then they gave us no reason to actually like John or whatever. Do you want to just go into Checklist or Aspel? I don't think we even have to do Checklist or Aspel. I think we have to do a couple. I mean, we already did the I mean, King we... of the North. Um, well, okay, Checklist so or Aspel, checkli- Littlefinger wants to sit on the Iron Throne. Aspel. Mm-hmm. Checklist or Aspel, <laughs> Stannis loses his battle only for another battle to be won. Uh, I want to say Aspel. Yes, so do I. <laughs> um, checklist or Aspel, there is a battle fought outside Winterfell, and Sansa and Vale lords show up to save the day. Very, very, very broad strokes that might be a checklist. Like, I think there's going to be some kind of Vale intervention. Yeah, I, 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 could, I could see that. Checklist or Aspel, Rickon's dead. Rickon dies. Checklist. Oh, you think so? Okay. I think so. Like... I don't think he's going to end up being Lord of Winterfell. But is he going to get handed over? Probably like, not. But like I you mean, said, well, Rickon dies. Going to Skagos to go find him. Yeah, you say Rickon dies, and I say that's probably a checklist. I'm going to say Aspel okay. for it. I, I, mean, I mean, Bran I no is idea. still a thing, dude. Yeah, Bran is still a thing. I know you think he's going to stay in the cave forever. I don't. I think he might. I don't think he will. But either way, or John's going to be legitimized, and then, but he's not Ned's kid, so yeah. It's got a bigger pond to play in. Checklist or Aspel? God. I do fan. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mel. Mel what? Mesorex John. Oh, um, checklist. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of an old one. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh, God, I just don't even. Yeah, there's nothing Okay, how, how about this? How about this? Checklist or Aspel? John and Sansa are the first Stark children reunited. It's entirely possible. It's entirely possible. I mean, like, like, I don't want, like, it's not, like, just so many, there's so many moving parts that there's no way to make it less or more plausible than any of the other possible combinations. But, like, sure, why not? Checklist. <laughs> like, he's, he's kind of dead right now, but yeah. He's not going to, we all know he's not going to stay dead. <laughs> I know. I mean, that would be a real twist. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's, maybe that's the twist that Martin was considering. He's like, oh, yeah, they can't turn the show. That would be that would be awesome, but it would make no sense. So I'm not going to refer it. I don't think it would be awesome. It would be taking John's entire story and like chucking it out the window. Yeah, but still, it, I don't. It might be worth the trolling. I don't know. Like, like, I mean, people view Quentin as trolling, which it wasn't. It was like very clearly in a making a point deconst- yeah. deconstruction of the hero's journey. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I can't, God, I'm sorry. Like. I really can't think of many more. Che- like, no. like, do you think um- Umber is gonna secretly side with the Boltons? No, I don't like- think Umber is gonna secretly side with the Boltons. Like, like, what, what the kind of fuck stupid is suggestion? This? Like, who comes up with that stupid of a suggestion? What about Karstark? Karstark is siding with the Boltons. No, I know, but let's see. Like, do you think he's Leal? Yeah. Well, not Leal. He's just. Like- you don't think he's in on the Northern conspiracy, or will come around? Not particularly, because they have like Alice there as an opposing force. Yeah, he's kind of an asshole. And like Alice is the car Stark in the Northern Conspiracy. If like yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. Well, she's a thin. <laughs> I've been hearing conflicting reports these days. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's all I got. I'm sorry, that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. You know, I was done like ten minutes ago, babe. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, Let's close out the podcast, yeah, and then you and I need to talk about structuring these essays. Two and a half hours. Yeah, guys, like, thank you for being here with us for this. We know it's a long plot line. Hopefully this was entertaining. Like, I actually legit did have a good time talking yeah, about this. Yeah, I did. This. You were the whole time, you are just like, oh, Winter Hell isn't going to be that bad. It'll be fine. I'm just like, no, we're going to be here all day. And we were no, here no, all no, day, no, so no. I win. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't think it's that bad to break it down, though. Because, like, if, in terms of writing this retrospective, we know that there's not that much to say. 
We literally spoke for five hours, Kylie. Uh-huh. And that was us trying to hash it out, and now we have. Okay. So, yeah, gentle, gentle listeners, thank you so much. I That was a really long, long run you went on. Congratulations. We really love you. Uh, here's the good news. Uh-huh. I'll, give you the, I'll give you the good news now. We have one retrospective left, and it is the River Blondes. The River Blondes. The River Blondes. <laughs> which involves Larry and the River Roundabout and Brienne and that, like, horribleness. And then Sandor and the Shire. And that's it. Yeah. So it's very, very short. And those two things are kind of, like, separate from each other anyway. Yeah. But we're not doing two separate ones. We're not, you know, we're not doing an entire retrospective on Sandor and the Shire. <laughs> it's no. not going to happen. And... And thank the fucking gods, Game of Thrones is not back until mid-July, yeah. which means when that... you'll be an aunt again. Yeah, 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 yeah. My sister, my sister's uh, due date is five days before uh, the, the Game of Thrones returns, so hopefully she's on time or early um, <laughs> because I'm gonna be busy snarking. <laughs> uh, however, that means that all of May and all of June we have nothing on our plates. Yeah, Game of Thrones related. Now, um, we had a couple ideas for like maybe we talk about previous seasons of Game of Thrones, like old seasons. Yeah, but I, I think we should just lay off the game of thrones we could do that uh or like depending on guests and stuff mm. but um the other the thing is we we very much like talking about a song of ice and fire mm. it makes us happy uh, yeah we never run out of things to say about it and winds of winter might be coming soonish so um, yeah it's possible <laughs> oh my god dude it can still take like, like they say they need a three month lead time so it can still technically come before the next season oh that would be the worst case scenario for me <laughs> I wouldn't have time for that. Yeah. Ain't nobody got time to read The Ain't Winds of Winter. <laughs> no. But, uh, yeah, what I was trying to say is that our next few podcasts are going to not be these retrospectives. They're going to be probably mostly a Song of Ice and Fire related. Mm. Maybe one Game of Thrones episode of Egg and Twists, Julia's Arm. Maybe. We'll see. But it would be more fun anyway. Yeah. It wouldn't be. Do, well, not that these aren't fun. We should do another like, Inbox um, Hour. Those are fun. I do like the inbox. They required hours. no planning. I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. And then I get to go through and edit us like going off on crazy tangents in the middle of Saying it. Saying mean things we... about our nods. We never Who do the that. fuck asks this? Who really thinks this? <laughs> We're nice. We're just very scientifically minded. Yeah. That's our problem. So, yeah. so some of these asks were like, um, However, if you liked listening to us blather on, mm. or you like what we have to say about it on the fandomentals.com, please. Wow, I'm yawning. Yeah, it's Because we've been time. here forever. <laughs> please tell friends about it. Please like and review mm. us. Anything you can do, we would appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Come read the fundamentals. Come, come, come along with us. And until then, we are going to see you next time. See you, everybody. We love you. <laughs> Enjoy this outro. It's awesome. Everybody's got the right to be happy. Say enough. Love's not as tough as it seems. Don't be scared. You won't prevail. You get a kingship when you fail. No more. Are we talking about your Instagram account? <laughs> An Instagram account that you seem to find noteworthy in its 
something. And Can it's hashtag you said fam life. <laughs> I just don't know what to do with it, Julia. I don't know what to do with your Instagram. I'm just using all the hashtags that other people use. I don't know. You just want the cool kids to like you. I know. It's okay. I kind of do kind of want the cool kids to like me. Like, today I went to the gym and I got peer pressured into running just like mm-hmm. let's go run and i was like okay all the cool kids are doing it so, so i went running see i go running and no one thinks i'm cool i just am weird well mm-hmm. i also when i go running i also mouth out what i'm listening to and sometimes i conduct it so <laughs> i'm definitely 